car within a six-mile radius of the crash site. Earlier, following international pressure, the separatists released a train carrying the bodies of most of the 298 victims. It's believed to be heading for the government-held city of Kharkiv. From there, they'll be flown to the Netherlands. A taxi has had three of its windows smashed by a man with a hammer in Luton. Police say it was a racially motivated attack. Lee Agnew has the details. The hackney cab was sitting at traffic lights in Stopsley early on Sunday evening. The man got out of a white van and made racially abusive comments towards the driver and two members of his family who were sat in the back before smashing the windows. The offender was white in his mid-twenties with light brown hair which was short on the sides and spiky on top. He was wearing a black T-shirt. Thames Valley Police is appealing for witnesses after a sexual assault in Milton Keynes over the weekend. At around 8.30pm on Saturday, a 43-year-old woman was assaulted off the underpass under the railway line between Bradwell Abbey and Bradwell Street in Monk's Way. The offender is described as white, aged between 35 and 45 years old, about 5 foot 4 inches tall, of stocky build, and was wearing a round-neck black T-shirt and stonewashed blue jeans. A councillor in Milton Keynes says all fast food outlets in the new city should be forced to sell healthy food. The latest figures from Public Health England show that more than 70% of people in Milton Keynes are overweight or obese. Labour councillor Nigel Long says offering a healthy alternative should be a requirement of their licence. In sport, following their 95-run loss to India, England wicketkeeper Matt Pryor is to stand down from international duty for the rest of the summer because of injury. In football, pre-season friendlies continue this evening. Milton Keynes Dons are away to Dagenham and Redbridge. Stevenage go to Tunbridge Angels and Wickham are away to Chesham. Weather, any mist or fog will soon clear with conditions becoming brighter. It'll be a dry day, top temperature 25 degrees Celsius, 77 degrees Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Tony, good morning. Can you do a Russian accent? No, I can't. Gosh. (laughs) BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's a fascinating place. Very wide cross-section of people. And all this week we're featuring Stotfold and Henlow. There's quite a lot of country walks you can do. It's all about where you live. There's a community spirit that people seem to pick up on. I was born here and I never felt any reason to move anywhere. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. I've got no idea why you're in the studio with me, Catherine. Well, because I'm in in about two minutes. Well, no. Might as well come in now. You're not in in about two minutes because I'm going to do the menu. I'm going to have a little bit of bants. With me. (laughs) Yeah. Then I'm going to play the the blind fella. Wonder, Stevie Wonders. Yeah. Uh, And then I'm going to do you. It's as short as long, isn't it? No, I know, but it just, uh, as you know, when I'm doing the top of the show, it's a very... um, I like to bear my soul. Okay, I'll go under the desk and you won't hear me. Well, no, you're going to be under the desk. Go. But you're under the desk. How weird is that? Go. Well, flipping heck. All right. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. But but it's just weird knowing you're under the desk, though. Do you want me to come out? Yeah, come out, because that was just stupid. Just sit down. And, and don't make eye contact with me. Well, that's what the plan was. You have to mess it up. You should be in there. And what? What's he doing in there? Why? Why have we got Shaggy this morning? What? What's wrong? What? Where's Betts? What is it now? I'm here. Yeah, you're Shaggy. Uh, got, right. Got the 18. 
the eighties. Yes. So <laughs> what? Oh, flipping it. This is just a complete bum up. Wow. Coming up on the show, why police have gone taser-tastic, why travellers could be getting shorter shrift and why you could be getting salad on your fry-up. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. 08 459 Good morning. Good morning, Catherine. Imagine if, um, as I, I see there is a, a Twitter campaign has started to um, make your, your parts more prominent. Oh, what did I say? Um, uh, well, some bloke says that you and Kelly should be doing a show together. Quite right. Incorrect. Um, so, but imagine if we um, double-headed each other every morning. Yep. Oh, what have I said? Um, yeah, it would be this. So, careful what you wish for. It, well, I'm not wishing for it. Not you. I'm talking to the listener. I'm wishing for it not to be so. Mm. I, I, can't, um, I can't go with you for three hours every morning. What have I said? camera two. Do you see what I have to deal with? So what I'm saying is uh, is I because I would I would sit here and you'd have lines and you'd want me to give it to you. Oh what have I said? Camera two. Yeah he did it again. So basically Catherine I'm going to play a Stevie Wonder record and I want you to have a, a long hard think about what you've done this morning okay? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Okay. <laughs> So my favourite Stevie Wonder story is, you know he's blind, yeah? Yeah. 
I wonder if it's the same as my favourite Steve Wonder story. About him driving? Yes. Is it brilliant? You tell it, you'll tell it better. I heard that he also can't smell because he had a car accident and lost his sense of smell along with his sense of sight. I mean, I know he couldn't see before. Wow. So before, he relied on his other senses. He, can't, he can't sing. Smell anything. He can't sing. Well, he can. He can, actually. He's brilliant. He's really good. No, so he's got, he lives in this house and there's the drive from the gate to the front door is like about three miles long. Uh, and and he's, straight. And straight. Well, no, it's a bit bendy, but he's memorised the route. So he goes and meets people in a car when they come and visit, and he drives them up to uh, up to his house. So is the smell thing different? Well, Did I you know about that one? No, I didn't know about Apparently that. Apparently he crashed it and um, knocked out his sense of smell as well. She's if I had to lose a sense, smell would be the one oh, I would go amazing. for. smells amazing. No, no, no. What if you smell poo? Well, at least you know someone's done one. Otherwise, you could be rolling around in it. So you'd, my sit, house. You'd, you'd have the sense of uh, taste and touch. Sense of touch. So that would... Would in the, you would know that... <laughs> I'd rather smell it before I touched it. I'm a dad of two boys. I'm not fussed this is. Now, listen. The police... <laughs> now, come on. This is a... sit. Let's have this. Hang this on. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three yeah. Counties Radio. Now... Now, the Police Complaints Commission is warning against the overuse of tasers, as new figures suggest the equipment's use has gone up by 300% in the last four years. Back in 2009, the equipment was activated 3,000 times across England and Wales. By 2013, that figure had climbed to more than 10,000. Well, Catherine Boyle has been looking into this. What are the main complaints about tasers? In November 2010, the IPCC, the Police Complaints Commission, decided to continue to request that police officers refer all public complaints and also detail the types of complaints that appeared to be generating the most concern and these were the use of taser in drive stun mode which means taser discharged without a cartridge in direct contact with the body rather than fired from a distance so no probes are fired with this one and it causes pain but it doesn't deliver an incapacitating effect it also covers taser use on people with mental health difficulties the young and other vulnerable people and taser use in confined spaces so for example if it's used in a custody cell the number of complaints from the public about tasers has gone up from 59 in 2009 to 154 in 2013 but then obviously the use of tasers has also risen so it's only normal that the number of referrals will go up at the same time. What is the IPCC saying about the use of tasers? We have got the word of IPCC Commissioner James Dipple Johnston and he said the IPCC has major concerns about the use of tasers in drive stun mode when the taser is applied directly to the body without a cartridge rather than fired from a distance. When used in this way it's purely a means of pain compliance. Yet in several of the cases we reviewed where it was used for the purpose of gaining compliance, it had the opposite effect, stimulating further resistance. IPCC recommendations um, that come from today's report then, Ian, include stronger and clearer guidance on the use of taser in custody, where the IPCC believes it should only be used in the most exceptional circumstances. Wider safety training for non-taser-equipped officers working with taser-trained officers. Robust monitoring of taser use by local forces to ensure it's not being used too readily or too often by particular offices or officers rather or teams and ensuring the selection of process for taser trained officers and subsequent supervision is robust. Now what's this mission creep that the IPCC is worried about? Well what they're saying is that the use of tasers has widened considerably and it says not only in terms of the number of police officers using it but also the terms of its use in circumstances where it wouldn't have been used in the past. Given the need it says to always avoid mission creep or, or, or the 
sort of becoming hardened to using it, in fact. Right. The use of equipment because it's available rather than because it's necessary. It believes that there are some clear areas in which action by the police service is needed now. It supports a review of taser training by the College of Policing and says that the drive stun mode generates a large number of complaints and is concerned that this mode is not included as part of the current training. And finally, monitoring and analysing of taser use locally has a key role to play, according to the IPCC. Such monitoring helps to ensure that the taser is not being used too readily, too quickly and too often by particular police officers or teams. If you want to give us a call about this, 08459 555555. Another thing you want to give us a call about, though, is which sense you'd rather lose. If you had to choose one. If you had to choose... Shaggy, if you had to use a, a sense, um, and let's, uh, let's assume that you've already not got the uh, sense of fashion. Oh. oh. Zing. Oh, yeah. Totally on fire this morning, man. It's Joan Rivers. Who's writing this? What? Who's writing this stuff? Uh, it, what, what sense would you lose? Uh, I'd probably go for taste. Oh, this is insania. Not before you try my chocolate trifle, which is upstairs chilling. Hang oh. on a second, hang on a second, hang on a second. Mm. The chocolate trifle was discussed yesterday on yesterday's show. Has it got cakey in the bottom? Yes. OK, well, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll allow that this time. It's Ch- got no jelly. Beautiful. What's in it? Cherries. Chocolate. Ah. Can to stop you there? Chocolate custard. I don't like cherries. What? Pick them out. Well, it's still going to have to taste the cherries in it, our kid. Wow. Now taste the cherries. If he didn't have a sense of taste, wouldn't be a problem. He's got a point, actually. He has got a point. Um, but we're not going to give any to him, are we? Because he's not part of the team. Whoa, 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 whoa. Can he hear me? Whoa. Yeah. A bit, yeah. Oh, nuts. You're not technically part of the team. I like cherries. Yeah, well... You can eat your cherries. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you want to take my cherries? If that's all I'm getting, then yeah, yeah. All right, I'll, I'll give him my cherries later on in the show. 08459 555. Where are you going now? Can I go now? Well, yeah. yeah. I was just getting used to you. And the smell. <laughs> Seriously, I'm on fire this morning, guys. I am on F-I-R-E. Fires. If you had to lose a sense, which would it be? It, it, for me, it would be smell. But if I wasn't allowed to lose smell, then uh, touch. The, the sense is in reverse order, OK? At number five, smell. At number four, touch. At number three, taste. At number two, um, it's hearing. At number one, the number one sense of all time, of course, is eyesight. That sounds about right, doesn't it? I think I've got that top five the right way round. They're all very useful. Well, but some are more useful than others. I'd rather see than feel. But if we didn't have anyone who could listen, we'd be out of jobs. No, we, we haven't got... We've got people who can listen. They just choose not to, and that's the problem. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel with Chris Gold. Chris? Hi, Ian. Uh, on the M25 anti-clockwise, two lanes are currently closed and queuing traffic for four miles due to recovery work, a fuel spillage and an accident. Two lorries are currently involved between Junction 26 for Waltham Abbey and 25 for Enfield. It's causing problems all the way back to Junction 27 for the M11 and their roadworks in the area. The accident happened just around uh, 10 minutes past five, half a mile after Junction 26 and was all stopped. Uh, but uh, lane three has uh, reopened and traffic is still being held at times for safety. Uh, so do avoid that area if you can. Otherwise, all moving well in the county. I'm Chris Golds, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 6.16, it's Tuesday the 22nd of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A police watchdog is warning against the overuse of tasers as new figures reveal the weapon's use has gone up by 300% in the last four years. EU foreign ministers will discuss the possibility of tougher sanctions against Russia when they meet in Brussels later today. 
And here's one. Fast food outlets in Milton Keynes could be forced to sell salad on the side in a bid to combat obesity. We'll speak to Justin Dealey about that in a bit. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday from three. Spend your afternoons talking about beds, hearts and bucks. It's an amazing venue. If you haven't been to Amstel Park, get along. It's absolutely beautiful. Discussing the biggest stories. In terms of our people, we've invested £5 million to recruit new nurses. In the company of friends. Howard Berry and Brown, Amanda Devlin. Amanda, what have you been watching this week? I went to the Happy Days. And debating the week's hottest topics. The biggest problem is, is actually lack of money, lack of opportunities, poor availability of training. The use of CCTV spy to catch people who park illegally is to be banned. Roberto Peroni, weekdays from three. BBC Three Counties Radio. Four double five, five double five. BBC Three Counties Radio. Justin. Yeah, is that a good enough signal? Oh, Justin, can you hear me? Justin. Hello. Justin, can you hear me? Justin. Justin. Justin, can you hear me? Justin. Justin. Justin, can you hear me? Hello, boss. Oh, you can hear me. Yes. Hello, mate. Okay. Yeah, I'm all right. I thought I'd sneak up on you from behind. And yeah, scare you were you. sneaking. Yeah. Like a ninja, like a radio yeah. ninja. You are on fire, aren't you? I am on fire Wowzers. this morning, Justin. And I was wondering if you had to lose a cent, mm. which oh, chocolate trifles just been brought down. Oh, beautiful. If you had to lose a sense, Justin, yes. which one would you go for? Um, probably my sense of taste. Believe it or not. Really? Yeah, probably. Because you don't... I mean, when you eat, anyway, you smother your food in salt. Yeah, exactly. And you smother your drinks in uh, sugar. Yep. So I guess you, you wouldn't necessarily miss the taste so much, would you? No, I don't think I would do, because uh, uh, the, the taste has been so dilutive. But for me, the number one sense of all time has got to be the sense of smell. When you go somewhere nice and you... <laughs> Beautiful. The number one sense of all time yes. is smell. Yes, of course oh, it is. Dealy, dealy, dealy. You are. You're t- okay. Well, then, what? You're going to smell music? Uh, no. Ah. But you can smell memories. No, you can't. Yes, you can. You can't smell you can. memories. If you go somewhere really special, there is a distinctive smell, and that smell will stay with you forever until you smell it next time. Well, you what with me? me? What memories can you smell, Just? Well, the, the, the smell of being abroad. Oh. That's one smell. The smell of some roses, OK? And the smell of other things which I can't talk about. Like what? Well, there's trifles just arrived. Trifle. Other things which are oh. very nice as well. Oh! oh. Get your headphones on, Boyle. <laughs> right, you're in trouble. Is it horrible? No. Got cherries in, yeah? Yeah. Uh. Cherries with pips in. No, you're kidding me. There's a pip in there. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa! I've just broken a tooth on a truffle. <laughs> what are you doing, Boyle? Oh, dear. I'm really sorry. I've just broken a tooth on a trifle. A baby trap, my child. It's not a pork scratching. <laughs> it's not a pork scratch, is it? <laughs> Daily, I'm going to play a record. I'm going to try and find my tooth, and then we'll yeah. just talk after this, OK? Yeah, good stuff, boss. Cheers.
you can smell memories. Catherine has made a highly delicious yet highly deadly black tarantula. No, a highly delicious yet highly deadly trifle, Justin. Mm. Uh, I would say eat it, but eat it with caution. Ah, now, if you want to compare the two, of course, my uh, original trifle yeah. from yesterday is still in the fridge. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing it might be a little bit manky now. No, 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 half price as well. What, £1.19 yesterday? Go okay. and enjoy, boss. Okay. Enjoy. Is, is it booby-trapped in any way whatsoever? Uh, no, no, of course not. Then I'm in. Fantastic. Yes. Now... Um, listen, the, the Greasy Spoons, we're a big fan of the Greasy Spoon here. Mm, we, we love them. We, we go at least four times a week for a, a little fry-up. Uh, but uh, th- things might be changing, Justin. Yeah, apparently so. Some, uh, th- they, someone wants to add salads to the menus of Greasy Spoons in Milton Keynes. Milton Keynes is uh, in the top ten fattest places to live in the UK. Round of applause for Milton Keynes. <laughs> and local councillor Nigel Long wants to start tackling this problem. Yeah. Well, you've been to a Greasy Spoon. Justin, uh, and I would imagine once you mentioned this, you were laughed at. Absolutely. I mean, Nigel, it's, it's, it's a lovely effort, don't get me wrong, but I think in reality this is never going to work in a million years. Does he want them to be more like McDonald's? Because they, they you know, they do burgers and, and all that kind of stuff. It's run by an insane clown. Yeah. But they also do ha- salads and healthy bits, don't yeah, they? that's exactly what Nigel Long's saying. He's saying, you know, that there are many small cafes and outlets all over Milson Keynes selling burgers and greasy food. For him, it's a cheap and quick fix for people, but he wants there to be a healthy alternative on the menus. One in four people in Milson Keynes, they are so overweight, they are classed as obese. I have been talking to truckers about this because oh. they, of course, they love a greasy spoon. They love it. I've been asking them, how would they feel if they saw salad on the menu? Uh, I like the food just the way it is. We're governed by far too many rules and regulations, told what we can and can't eat. I'm uh, as skinny as you like and I've been eating this food all my life and it's never done me any harm at all. So if you walked into a greasy spoon uh, and you saw they were, they were selling salad, would you just look at that and laugh? I wouldn't even entertain it, yeah. A salad's no good to a working man working all day, not at all. Phil, you walk into a greasy spoon, you've got a nice big fry-up in front of you, or you can go for a salad. What would you go for? Fry-up. Every time? Yeah, I would, I would personally. Something warm, especially in the winter months and that. Who's going to walk into a greasy spoon and order a salad? Come on, let's be realistic about this. I wouldn't have thought there'd be many drivers, to be quite frank. I'd be amazed if there is. Like I say, I'd go for the uh, fry-up every time. Well, Marcus, you've just come out of a greasy spoon. 
Tell us what you had to eat. Go on, make us all feel hungry. Oh, it was lovely. It was sausage, egg, bacon, black pudding, mm. tomatoes, uh, fried slice. Yeah. You're actually rubbing your tummy, is you? Oh, yeah. You're telling oh, me. oh, yeah, yeah. When I'm talking about food that I really enjoy, I end up rubbing my tummy. It's a, yeah, I loved it. Absolutely love it. I have about twice a week, actually. Now, tell us about your thoughts on, on tighter regulations on greasy spoons. So if you walk in, there should be a salad option. Is that sense or is that absolute nonsense? Well, yeah, I can, in some ways, it's like if you have lasagna... Yeah, you have a bit of salad with it. Mm. Or if you have something else, you have a bit of salad with it. Yeah. But when it comes to a greasy spoon, what I go to a greasy spoon for is my bacon and eggs and everything else. Pl- yeah. Plate full of chips and... Would you thing. ever, would you ever consider, if salad was on the menu alongside your fry-up, would you ever swap a fry-up for a salad? No. No. I went in there for a fry-up. I'm after a fry-up. That's what I'm after, yeah. definitely. And you're a happy man. Oh, yeah. If I want salad, I'll go to the Tesco's and I'll get myself a bag. Those fellas want to slip something warm down their throat first thing in the morning, of course, <laughs> don't they? There is a greasy spoon in North London, Crouch End, where I used to live. A very nice greasy spoon. Turkish, I believe. Uh, but if you ordered the vegetarian fry-up, so you get your veggie sausage, you get your eggs, you get your beans, you get your tomato, your fried slice, you get your toast, you get mm. your hash brown... You get some coleslaw and you get a salad on the same plate. Ooh, it no. was the weirdest thing. Uh, it's very strange. As I say, it's it's a nice idea, but in reality, this is never going to work. McDonald's, w- whenever I've been into a McDonald's, and I probably go, what, two or three times a month, not one person is sitting in there eating a salad. It's on the menu just for the sake of it. This will make absolutely no difference whatsoever, but, of course, that is just my opinion. Well, uh, but uh, I'm going to dare say it, Justin, your opinion is fact it's not going to make a difference because you, you don't you go to a greasy spoon because you want beans and bacon that's yeah. it basically and also i would question um the quality of the salad you'd be getting in yeah. some of those it's going to be like manky brown lettuce leaves <laughs> exactly. it's going to be horrible you go into a greasy spoon because that's what they're good at they are good at serving you greasy dirty food and as a nation we love it once a week absolutely fine if you want a salad you will go elsewhere you are going in there because you want that greasy food Fact. Right, so there's an evil genius, okay? He's invented a machine that can get rid of either smell or hearing, right? And you've got to make... He's pointing it at you now. You've got to choose one. Which one of those are you going to get rid of, smell or hearing? This is so, so tough. You've got to do it. He's looking at you now. You've got five, four, I I would probably get rid of smell then. Whoa! I've changed. I've changed. You'd get rid of your favourite scents. Yes. I think I would have you to. You are so... This is the problem with you, Dealey. You are so inconsistent. <laughs> Speak to you later on. Take care, boss. Ta-ra. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 is currently queuing anti-clockwise for four miles for, uh, from Junction 27 for the M11. Two lanes are closed for recovery work after a fuel spillage and accident involving two lorries between Junction 26 for Waltham Abbey and Junction 25 for Enfield. It's not helped by the roadworks already in the area. The accident happened just after 10 past 5, half a mile after Junction 26. All stopped at 5.45 with intermittent holds, but lane 3 has opened. So that's the M25 anti-clockwise from Junction 27 for the M11. No problems to report on public transport. I'm Chris Golds, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
6.30, I'm Tony Fisher. The headlines, the number of times tasers have been used by police forces in England and Wales has gone up by 300% in the last four years. The figures have been released in a report out today by the Independent Police Complaints Commission, which is warning against the weapons overuse. EU foreign ministers will discuss the possibility of tougher sanctions against Russia when they meet in Brussels later today. David Cameron called for further action yesterday in response to the Malaysia Airlines plane crash. And a councillor in Milton Keynes says all fast food outlets in the new city should be forced to sell healthy food. Labour councillor Nigel Long says offering a healthy alternative should be a requirement of their licence in a bid to combat obesity. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Following their 95-run loss to India, England wicketkeeper Matt Pryor is to stand down from international duty for the rest of the summer because of injury. Former England captain Michael Vaughan believes he's made the right decision. I think he's made it a, a lot easier for the selectors because yeah. it was getting to the stage where it was going to get a little bit messy. You don't want that with someone that's done so well for England. He'll go away, get fit, probably have his Achilles operation. You know, and he's, he's young enough to, to come back and, and, and perform, but he'll also know that in Josh Butler, he's going to have a real talent. But I think Pryor, having watched him for the two test matches against him, I think he's made exactly the right call for the team and for him. Meanwhile, the England cricket captain Alistair Cook says he wants to carry on leading the team despite the pressure on him increasing following yesterday's second test defeat. Greg Dyke will face MPs today about the controversial awarding of hosting rights for the 2018 and 2022 World Cups. The FHM will be questioned by members of the Culture, Media and Sports Select Committee. The BBC's Richard Conway has more. FIFA's own report into what even it now admits was a deeply flawed process over the award of the 2018 and 2022 World Cups will be finalised in September. But given recent allegations of corruption by bidding nations, Greg Dyke may be asked by MPs if he would support the Crown Prosecution Service filing a case against FIFA and where football stands in relation to the Bribery Act, which was introduced in 2011. The FA chairman is also expected to give his view on the future of Sepp Blatter, FIFA's president, and the likelihood of breaking away from football's world governing body. And after failing to win any of their games in Brazil, England's dismal performance at the World Cup is also likely to come under scrutiny. Staying with football, pre-season friendlies continue this evening. Milton Keynes Dons are away to Dagenham and Redbridge. Stevenage go to Tunbridge Angels and Wickham are away to Chesham. Those are your headlines. Next full bulletin at seven. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. You're back and I've got a really itchy eye. I That's like the, what I like, the, me. I like the sound an eye makes. Listen. Oh. You getting that, guys? I'm not really making much of a noise, actually. No. Uh, Catherine. Yes. Um, I don't know if you have legal representation or not, but I, I would suggest after that uh, cherry bombed trifle. <laughs> You should probably seek some because I'm who certainly. Who puts? Um, who leaves the stones in a tinned cherry? No stone unturned. Wow, I, I had no idea that that was possible. Yeah, well, I didn't know. How do they get this? How do they breed grapes without um, pips in? Don't know. That's freaky stuff, man. I've got a pipper as well. I could have sorted it out if I'd have known they were in you there. You got a pipper? Yeah, for olive use. But I work on a cherry, right? I didn't know you could... Doesn't um, Talisa look like um, the dead pop star Michael Jackson? I think she's starting to look a bit like Pete Burns. Pete Burns likes me. I know. Uh, it's interesting, because I met him. Yeah. Um, he's a nice guy. 
Um, uh, I would love children, but I never found anyone to wind my biological clock, says Esther, 46. Hmm, Esther McVeigh, who's been seen as cold and callous uh, in her first few days in her new job. Uh, she's now trying to paint the softer side. The feminine side of a lady is so beautiful. Why does she have to, to, to justify see. her life choices? She doesn't, if you don't want kids, you don't have to have them. Employment Minister Esther McVeigh has revealed she's never had children because she's not found someone to wind up her biological clock. The 46-year-old former GMTV presenter, who was promoted to attend the Cabinet last week, said that despite loving children, she's not met the right person to have them with. In her first in-depth interview following the reshuffle, Miss McVeigh said, I always thought as I was growing up that I'd be married with children. That hasn't happened. So I guess that's a sacrifice because I do actually love kids. I just haven't got them myself. Why? Because she's interviewing herself here. Why? <laughs> because I obviously never met the person who I was going to have children with and I had to be realistic. No offence, current partner of many years. Why can't women just come out and say, I didn't fancy him? I like other people's kids, I didn't want my own. That's fair enough. A lot of successful women have made that sacrifice because, you know, guess what? The Spice Girls were wrong. You can't have it all unless you're really, really rich. Sorry, I was, I was reading just the article. Saying, just saying. Were you talking about the Spice Girls? Just saying, the Spice Girls led me astray. Slam it to the left if you're having a good time. Do it to the right if you know that you feel fine. Oh, freak out! No, I think sometimes you've got to make a decision. Do you want to get really far in your career or do you want children? Because at the moment you can't have both. Yeah. Fact. Um, Chew on that. Have you seen the pictures of Ed Miliband with Barack Obama? No, sadly I haven't. There's a great picture on... Let me find the one on Twitter, because the one on Twitter, which I think he posted, is better than the one in the newspapers. Is uh, it a photo bomb? Are they actually meeting? No, they're, well, they're, they're actually meeting, but Obama's done that thing. Where is the picture? Because it's a brilliant, brilliant picture. There's um, Keith Richards sticking his finger How up. How rude. I know. Uh, 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 but it, it, it's... Um, it's a great picture of them sat at like a, a table in obviously a spare room in the White House. Maybe it's on here. What, in the box room? Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, Obama, by his body language, doesn't have a clue who he's talking to. And Ed Miliband is doing his best to look, mm, yeah, I'm, I'm really uh, listening to what you're saying and I, I'm trying not to be aware of this uh, camera that's taking this photograph. And mm, I'm really important by leaning forward and putting my hands on my chin. Yeah. And then the male have got picture of a little green bag next to Ed Miliband and in that little green bag, you know when you meet foreign dignitaries, you give them presents Yeah. maybe if, if you meet a Chinese man they give you an, a, a, a panda like an ambassador or something, they yeah. give you a panda or something they don't give it to you, they, you have to rent it off them that's how that works. What, a real panda? Yeah, yeah, yeah Oh wow. But you have to rent them off, off of oh, the right, Chinese. Okay. You know, all the pandas we've got we rent from the Chinese for about a million pounds a year, that's a fact uh, So uh, he's got this bag of presents, presents from the president Pen Rainbow rubber Sharpener. Slightly better. It's three DVD box sets. The British House of Cards, State of Play and The State Within. DVD box sets. Can't yeah. get them, can you, in America? No. <laughs> it won't work on this day. Unless he's hacked in, unless he's got the code to get make his DVD player multi-region, it ain't going to work. I'm sure he can make it so. It ain't going to work. Have you got any stories, or is this... Uh... Just me. I was enjoying you. I was enjoying your uh, tirade. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. By the way, if you want to call in, but a bit. Can I just say, dear listener, a little bit slack on the phone calls recently. Yeah, what's up? Little, what's, what's up? What, have we fa- have we fallen out? Have we? You can speak to Catherine if you'd rather. You don't have to speak to me. I'm not bothered. You would rather, wouldn't you? Well, no. Yeah. Part timer. <gasps> Evan Davis is the new host of BBC's Newsnight. What do we think about that? I think it's an interesting choice. I convinced my wife he was blind. Well, he has got... He has got... He's got the eyes. Yeah. 
I convinced On Dragon's Den, he does seem to be looking in two places yeah. at the same time. And she said, well, if he's blind, how does he know when to look at the camera? I said, well, it's, it's easy. They ring a bell. Yeah, what they do is, during rehearsal, they put a bell on top of the camera and he follows it. He follows the sound of the bell with his eyes. Then when they go for a take, they take the bell off. He knows where to look. There are blind presenters. There's a very good uh, blind reporter. I've seen on, well, what was on the his BBC name? News. Oh, I can't remember. Exactly. I can't remember anyone's name who's not like the main one. There's a blind, Reed. There's the blind fella who, um, uh, whose name escapes me who does the midday show on Radio 4. Peter White. Peter White. And he's excellent. But um, he's, he's, he does it, he's reading Braille mm-hmm. when he does it. And so it's really interesting because when you re- obviously when we read, sometimes we stumble. I mean, me never. I'm including myself in that, but I'm a professional. I've never stumbled whilst reading. When you used to do the news, Catherine, we used to call you uh, Catherine Stumbler. Oh, that's nice. That's not what I heard you were calling me. No, no. We, we used to call you much ruder things than that. But it's just interesting to imagine, and I'm, I'm, I'm acting it out now, someone, they misread something with their fingers, so they have to go back yeah. and read it. Braille's odd, isn't it? It's, it's an odd thing. I don't know whether it's odd. It's useful. It's ingenious. It's ingenious. Is it dying out with the use of computers that talk? I don't know. I'm the wrong person to ask. If you're the right person to ask, 08459 555555. Here we go. Here we go. This is, this is, we're onto something here. I'm going to suggest that um, anyone under the, and this is, I'm completely making this up, so prove me wrong. Anyone under the age of 40 who is blind cannot read Braille. Mm. I'm going to put that out there and let's be proved wrong. 08459 555555. Um, and is there anybody who is sighted that can read and write Braille? Because you get sight... Obviously, you... you yeah, you There's degrees it. of sight. I was, I was about to say... I'll say it to show that I am human. OK. <laughs> oh, dear. You get people that aren't blind that can do sign language. You mean deaf. Exactly. Right. But that's what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, so is there anybody blind under the age of 45... That can do sign language. Because technology, uh, can do, uh, Braille. the technology is so much better these days. Yeah. I had a blind lecturer at um, university, and she used to use sometimes Braille, but sometimes she used to put her books underneath this kind of, um, well, it looked like a sort of flat screen before we had flat screens. This is oh yeah before the day, and she's put her face right up to the screen. And she'd be able to read it. Oh yeah yeah yeah. She was an amazing woman, an amazing woman. She'd been put in an, an institution at the age of sort of seven because they just put them in special schools. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, and she'd ended up going to Oxford. She was just a, an amazing Isn't mind. It amazing how we used to treat people who are a little bit different yeah. from the norm. Yeah. I can't imagine my fingers being. Se- I mean, I have very sensitive fingers, um, as you know, very sensitive fingers. But I can't imagine, <laughs> as many of you all know, but I can't imagine my fingers being that sensitive. I can differentiate between dots, mm-hmm. series of dots. And why do they... All right, why do they have dots and not letters? Don't you have to have seen the letters to be able to recognise them in the first place? But why... But you're good... Well, blind people haven't seen the dots and they've learnt the dots. So why don't you have a... 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 Why don't... Why don't... Spelling? Arsenal. Why don't they have letters? Braille. It's a senses special this morning, dear listener, and I'm, I'm hoping you want to take part in what is proving to be a fascinating conversation. And if you are um, eagle of eye, you may have noticed that the new... Bringing it back to what I was talking about. Well, you've the gone new from blind host, people to eagle of eye. Let's rub it in, shall we? <laughs> yeah, new, the new uh, presenter of Newsnight oh, that's has, has a little bit extra. You can sometimes see it through his shirt. What do you mean? And this is something the Daily Mail have picked up a on. A new kidney? Body piercings. Oh. He has pierced nipples. Now, could you take a man seriously if you could see his nipple twinkling? What's his name? 
Evan Davis. Evan, Evan Davis. He's got, he's got um, twinkling nipples. Yes. I see. And apparently that's not it. All right, listen. That's you know, all. You know I'm... Sorry? Mm. Wowzers. You know I'm not a fan of tattoos. Body piercing, I think, is just a step... It's just so much worse. I very nearly got my eyebrow pierced. In the 90s? Yeah. It was very much in the 1990s. Idiot. Yeah, well, I didn't do it. You'd have ended up one of those little scars that a lot of people have now. Yeah, I would have done. Uh, but body piercings and Braille. Who'd have thought the two were compatible? Three Counties Radio, 08459 455555. It's 6.45, let's get the travel with Chris. 
Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, the M25 is now queuing anti-clockwise for eight miles, uh, almost as far back as Junction 28 uh, for the A12. Two lanes are closed for recovery work after a fuel spillage and an accident involving two lorries between Junction 26 for Waltham Abbey and 25 for Enfield. It's not helped by the roadworks that are already in the area. Accident happened just after 10 past five, a half a mile after Junction 26. All stopped at 5.45 with in- intermittent holds in between, uh, but lane three is open, so that's the M25 anti-clockwise from at least Junction 27 for the M11. It's heavy on on the North Orbital at the moment at Junction 21A for the roundabout there and there are queues at the moment on the North Circular westbound between Edmonton and New Southgate and further round at Henley's Corner. No problems to report on public transport. I'm Chris Golds, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 6.46, it's Tuesday the 22nd of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A police watchdog is warning against the overuse of tasers as new figures reveal the weapon's use has gone up by 300% in the last four years. EU foreign ministers will discuss the possibility of tougher sanctions against Russia when they meet in Brussels later today. And fast food outlets in MK could be forced to sell salad on the side in a bid to combat obesity. 08459 455 555. Would you want a little bit of salad with your fry up? Let's get the weather with Kate. Beds, hearts, and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's another warm start to the day across all three counties. The temperature outside ranging between 13 and 16 Celsius. Got a bit of cloud out towards parts of West Hertfordshire and then really right the way as you head west. The remaining of the county is also rather cloudy, but it's not going to take too long before the sun starts to do its job and burn that back significantly. We should get some decent long sunny spells. Another warm day on the cards. We're looking at a maximum temperature of around 25 Celsius. Now, overnight tonight eventually we should uh, see some clear spells but then we might get a bit of cloud moving back in it's making its way really from east anglia that direction from the north sea we could get a bit of mist moving in as well but the minimum temperature down to 13 celsius for tomorrow it's a similar start we may get a bit of cloud around first thing but the sun will start to burn that back fairly quickly dry warm and sunny tomorrow perhaps warmer than today with a maximum temperature of 27 celsius and that's your forecast BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's a lovely combination of town and country. There's some really good rural qualities around here. And all this week we're featuring Stotfold and Henlow. It's a fascinating place. There's quite a lot of country walks you can do. It's a good mixed town. Inviting everyone to where you live. Everybody's so nice and friendly. That's what I like about it. There's a community spirit that people seem to pick up on. If you've got a story everyone should hear about, let us tell them about it. It's a very friendly, gentle place to live. I was born here. We've only been here for a few years and been made to feel really welcome. The big tour of Beds, Hearts and Bucks from BBC Three Counties Radio. I know you deceive me, now here's a surprise. I know that you have, cause there's magic in my eyes. I can see for miles and miles and miles and miles and miles. Oh yeah. 
Must have. Um, I'll do it when he's finished. You can smell memories. They must have good glasses. Yeah. Binoculars. And telescope. They must have. Uh, um, they must have uh, access. To um, is it Mia the space station? Okay. Probably not Pete Townsend. I don't think he's allowed uh, to log on anymore. But <laughs> Roger probably has. Roger probably has. Do you remember the Roger Dolce moment? When, when I met Roger and I told him I liked him in the Who, 
And he said thank you, and I said no, thank you for the music. The music. Yeah, I said those words uh, to Roger Daltrey. <laughs> he was absolutely sober, but what made it better was that Roger Daltrey assumed he must be drunk. So you'll be all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a lovely moment. Yeah, yeah. It was a lovely I'm so moment. So glad I witnessed it. <laughs> You didn't witness it. You weren't there. I feel like I did. Yeah, all right. I saw Roger Daltrey. I Shaggy, you. you ever met uh, any members of The Who? Uh, no. I've no. met two of them. OK. I've um, introduced The Who live on stage at the Royal Albert Hall. I've done the... Don't pull the... Don't pull that I don't believe you face. Really? Yeah, I did it! Yeah? It was like this. Are you sure you weren't in the audience? No, 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 no. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome to the stage the greatest rock and roll band of all time, The Who! They didn't come out for another five minutes, but I did it. Oh. Were you on the stage, or were you just the man with the microphone? No, I was on the stage. I was on the stage. I was getting shouted at by loads of um, BDI fans. BDI was supporting The Who. Oh, dear. It was, it was for Teenage Cancer Trust, right? And so they, they, people were shouting at me during the thing. That's fine. And then when we went to show that we had to show a film about kids with cancer, right? It's kind of quite a serious thing. And uh, there were these BDI fans in the front who wouldn't shut up, right? For the whole thing, they wouldn't shut up. And then they were shouting during the cancer thing. And I went, oi, oi, shut the... Up. <gasps> Round of applause, cheers from the Royal Albert Hall, ladies and gentlemen. For swearing. For swearing. <laughs> oh, it's my mum is in the studio with me. <laughs> a fella said, when I was comparing it, right, a fella said, you're not a fan of The Who. From the, you're not a fan of The Who. You're just like, uh, you're just pretending to be a fan of The Who. I then rattled off three really rare Who songs that not many people know about. He went, all right, no, fair play, you do like them. <laughs> yeah, in your face, deniers. In your face, deniers. He was like, I was David Icke, and he was the general public. Oh, I wouldn't compare yourself. What you got in the papers? Oh, this thing about um, Philip Seymour Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> Talented actor, terrible drug problem. What, what's his name? What's his name? Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, that's the fella. Yep. Okay, yep. so he died unexpectedly and has not left any of his multi-million pound fortune for his children because he doesn't want them to become trust fund kids. Saying that, his wife and their I don't, were they married? I don't know. Anyway, the mother's children's oh. forty-six. They were still together at the time. She's get everything, and she'll probably see him right. So let's not fuss about it. Eh? You can't even look at me. Look, you can't even look at me after that. <laughs> what? So childish. Follow that. Front page of the Daily Mail is disgusting. Why? Not the young priced out of a home story about the number of young home buyers has plunged to a new record. It's the picture of that millionaire baby touching a butterfly. Well, he's cute though. I hate butterflies. They are the most disgusting thing. My wife. Uh, How can you hate them? They're fairies <laughs> in disguise. <laughs> We uh, took my son, I think it was just when we had one son, maybe we had the baby as well, to a butterfly house. And I hadn't, I really hadn't weighed up the ramifications of this horrific experience. The clues in the name. Yeah, I know. And I, and I, I thought I could handle it. And I walked in and it's, suddenly it's hot and it's clammy. And those things, they're just wild. They're not even in cages. Oh, no. 
And we got in, and my wife could tell I was uncomfortable, but she wasn't really interested in me uh, at that point in our relationship. And uh, we, we got, I took a few steps, and it's like a long sort of tunnel. I took a few steps, and they come in near me, and I said, I'm really sorry. It's like the really camp version of the birds. Oh, it was. I said, I'm really sorry, I've got to go. She went, are you serious? I went, yeah, I've got to go. And I, I ran out like this. I put my hands over my head, and I ran out like this and barge through the doors. Oh, imagine if one of those had got in my mouth or an ear. Poor thing. <gasps> oh, just, I hate them. And they're letting the future King of England touch one? Yeah, because they're just a little um, beautiful, slightly camp insect. I wouldn't worry about it. They're not going to hurt you. They're more frightened of you than you are of them. No, they're not. That is, that is the myth about spiders, about ants, about beetles and about butterflies. Oh, they're more scared of you. No, they're not. They know I'm scared. Those things can smell fear from a hundred yards. They know I'm terrified. They know that my nightmare is waking up with like a spider in my mouth that's just given birth wow. to thousands of baby spiders and they're just crawling over my chin and down my body. You'd have had to have been asleep for a very long time. They give birth just like that. You ever seen Charlotte's Web? Yes. I didn't see the actual labour scene. Was it like... It was just, I don't know. I've never seen it. I'm just making an example. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 is queuing anti-clockwise for nine miles now, as far back as Junction 28 for the Brook Street roundabout, and travel time is looking at about one hour and 15 minutes. Two lanes are closed for recovery work after a fuel spillage and an accident involving two lorries between Junction 26 for Waltham Abbey and Junction 25 for Enfield, not helped by the roadworks already in the area. Traffic's now returned to normal on the A405 North Orbital Road at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. Queue's still on the North Circular westbound between Edmonton and New Southgate, and on public transport there's possible to disruption on First Capital Connect and Southern Services. I'm Chris Golds, BBC Three Counties Radio. Chris, thank you very much. Lots to talk about. It's a senses special. And do you think tasers get used too often? We'll talk more after the news with Tony Fisher. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Seven o'clock, I'm Tony Fisher. The headlines, concerns over the increase in taser use, appeal after sexual assault in Milton Keynes and fast food outlets in the new city could be forced to sell salad on the side. BBC Three Counties Radio. The number of times tasers have been used by police forces in England and Wales has gone up by 300% in the last four years. The figures have been released in a report out today by the Independent Police Complaints Commission, which is warning against the weapon's overuse. Tasers were first trialled by Bedfordshire Police in 2006. This is what people in Luton think about them. In some cases, they have been overused, and this has been, been brought to the attention of the press, but in general, I think uh, they're a good thing, yes. 250 volts on a human being. Is, it's not a good, you know. There's an indicator that the more weapons the police carry, the more weapons people will carry who are fighting the police. EU foreign ministers will discuss the possibility of tougher sanctions against Russia when they meet in Brussels later today. David Cameron called for further action yesterday in response to the Malaysia Airlines plane crash. A taxi has had three of its windows smashed by a man with a hammer in Luton. Police say it was a racially motivated attack. Lee Agnew has the details. 
The hackney cab was sitting at traffic lights in Stopsley early on Sunday evening. The man got out of a white van and made racially abusive comments towards the driver and two members of his family who were sat in the back before smashing the windows. The offender was white in his mid-twenties with light brown hair which was short on the sides and spiky on top. He was wearing a black T-shirt. Thames Valley Police is appealing for witnesses after a sexual assault in Milton Keynes over the weekend. Around 8.30pm on Saturday, a 43-year-old woman was assaulted off the underpass under the railway line between Bradwell Abbey and Bradwell Street in Monk's Way. The offender is white, aged between 35 and 45 years old, about 5 foot 4 inches tall, of stocky build, and was wearing a round-neck black T-shirt and stonewashed blue jeans. A councillor in Milton Keynes says all fast food outlets in the new city should be forced to sell healthy food. Labour councillor Nigel Long says offering a healthy alternative should be a requirement of their licence in a bid to combat obesity. But these truckers aren't convinced. Uh, I like the food just the way it is. We're governed by far too many rules and regulations, told what we can and can't eat. What I go to a greasy spoon for is my bacon and eggs and everything else, plate full of chips. I wouldn't have thought there'd be many drivers, to be quite frank. I'd be amazed if there's, like I say, I'd go for the uh, fry up every time. In sport, the England cricket captain Alistair Cook says he wants to carry on leading the team despite the pressure on him increasing following yesterday's second test defeat to India at Lords. And the FA have given Stephen Gerrard a high-profile ambassadorial role following the England captain's retirement from international football. Gerrard won 114 caps, scoring 21 goals and played in six major tournaments. The weather, any mist or fog soon clearing with conditions becoming brighter. It'll stay dry. Top temperature 25 degrees Celsius, 77 degrees Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online bbc.co.uk slash three counties bbc three counties radio's big tour of beds hearts and bucks it's a good mixed town there's lots of things going on it's all about where you live everybody's so nice and friendly that's what i like about it and all this week we're featuring stotfold and henlow it's a very friendly gentle place to live we've only been here for a few years and been made to feel really welcome the big tour of beds hearts and bucks bbc three Three Counties Radio. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Four minutes past seven. It's Tuesday morning. Busy old show. If you want to take part in the show, you can do. You can give us a call at any point. These are some of the things we're talking about, although, of course, you can call us about anything if you want. It's that kind of relaxed vibe here. Yesterday, we got onto the faked moon landings. Heaven only knows where we'll end up today. Here are some uh, tasters for you. Why police have gone taser-tastic. Why travellers could be getting shorter shrift. And why you could be getting salad on your fryer. So if you had to lose one sense, what would it be? Sense of smell, of course. Of course. Surely. The least useful of all senses. 81333, start your text 3CR. But the best way to get in touch is... To give me a phone call, of course. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. And, um... Just have to read this out. Uh, BBC would like to apologise for anybody who was offended by the uh, foul and abusive language used by a member of our staff 
approximately uh, ten minutes ago on this show. Never our intention to offend, uh, of course, and we know that we have young ears listening, so that uh, is being passed up to management as we speak. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. The Police Complaints Commission is warning against over-reliance on tasers after finding its use has gone up by 300% in the last four years. According to forces across England and Wales, the equipment was activated 3,000 times in 2009. By 2013, that figure had climbed to more than 10,000. Well, Sophie Khan is a solicitor advocate specialising in taser-related injuries. Morning, Sophie. Morning. This 300% increase, does that surprise you? It uh, does surprise me um, because the you should have been restricted to what um, firearms officers um, were using the tasers for. But there, aren't there more officers that have been trained to use them and, and, and so there are more tasers on the streets? There are, but the use still hasn't changed over the time, but the number of times that the tasers are used has increased dramatically, like you've said, 300 times. When do you think it is appropriate for the police to use a taser? When there is a life-threatening incident, when someone has a weapon, uh, someone has the intention to use that weapon, at that point, the officer can then deploy the taser if that's what he feels is appropriate. But what if there's no other way of controlling them? What if they're just, you know, they're they're being really bad, uh, as a lot of these criminals often are, uh, and they haven't got a weapon, but there's, there's no other way of controlling them? That has to be through traditional restraint methods. Uh, through the baton, through handcuffing, through restraint, um, calling more backup, but it's not through um, using the taser. Because the, if, if you're using the traditional methods, that can get very nasty, people can get hurt, and it requires a, a big increase in uh, manpower, doesn't it? With a taser, you just zap them. But with uh, tasers, it has to be um, set circumstances. And if you haven't met those circumstances, you can't then use the taser. It's the same thing with the gun. You can't just use the gun on anybody. There has to be certain circumstances. But the gun is different from the taser, isn't it? The the gun is... is, uh, it can more easily kill. Well, the gun and the taser are both both firearms. They're both controlled under the same same law. Maybe that should be changed then. Well, that's for that's for the um, the government to look into. That's for the police to look into, and they all they are treated the same way. Um, it is a firearm, so no one else can have it apart from um, a police officer or anyone who's authorised and um, with a licence. So it's the same rules that apply, and um, the same rules apply to taser use as well. I'm not quite conv- I'm not quite sure where I sit on the taser. Uh, I wouldn't want to sit on a taser; that'd be terrible. But I'm not quite sure what my opinion is on on the taser. But there is um. Definitely a view, isn't there, from from people listening to this, that if someone's causing trouble, someone's causing aggro, what's wrong with a quick zap? Because you you can only use use of force which is proportionate and reasonable, and because taser is excessive use of force, it should only be used when someone has a weapon and they're going to intend to use that weapon on you or someone else. But that's easy to say, isn't it, from, from a, a nice, comfortable office or a nice, comfortable studio. If there's, if there's a, 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 some nut job running down the street causing mayhem or someone stealing from your house, then you can understand why some people would want the taser to be employed there. But the police can also use other powers. They've got power of restraint, power of handcuff. They can use the baton. There are other ways the police can use force. That doesn't mean that taser should be the option there. Are you concerned about the sort of taser that's being used? 
I'm concerned about tasers generally and also who it's being used on, for example, children, the elderly, people with mental health issues, because half of the use is on people with mental health issues. How often is it being used on kids? Um, Kids, there's no uh, exact specifics in this report, but there are numbers. Uh, you know, every nearly every um, every year, kids are being tasered. H- how many? I think it was one every day. Right, and how old are these kids? Uh, up to sixteen. Okay, and, and what's the youngest? There was a ten-year-old. But they're, they're obviously doing something wrong, aren't they? Whether they're doing something wrong or not is irrelevant. It's whether they have a weapon which they have, um, and they intend to use that weapon either on the police officer or on on someone else. Uh, Do you think the IPCC are right in saying that tasers can be used in exceptional circumstances in police custody? No, I don't. Um, I, I I couldn't see any exceptional circumstance in which an... someone in detention would have a weapon on them after they've gone through the um, screening process at the custody suite. So in those in that scenario I can't see how the taser would be justified or reasonable use of force. So Sophie, your, your, um, the, the, the law and your, your um, kind of own personal view, if I've got this right, tell me if I've not, is that the tasers should only be used if, if uh, an offender has a weapon and it looks like they're going to use it. That's right. That is the set criteria for why tasers were introduced in 2003 to help the police um, who were firearms officers at mm. the time to have the option. They could either fire at the person or they could taser the person. That was, that was why tasers were introduced, and that hasn't changed since 2003, but for some reason it's, being, it's been rolled out and used for, in my view, uh, for uses it's not allowed. I think, I, I, again, as I said, I'm, I'm struggling to get my head around the whole taser thing. I, 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 and, I, that, you know, that kind of makes sense. If they've got a weapon and it sounds like, it looks like they're going to use it, that sounds like a, a reasonable time to, uh, to, to get the taser out. Well, then why, is it be, why do you think it's being used so often, then? I think Are they not abiding by the rules? They're not abiding by the rules, but it's also le- lazy policing. So instead of communicating to the individuals trying to resolve the, um, the situation through the traditional methods of policing, which have been around for centuries, they've, the, the police officers have the taser and they just take it out, threaten the person, and that's the end of it. It's just easy-peasy policing. Uh, Sophie, I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you. Okay. Thank you very much. Sophie Carnes, Lister Advocate, specialising in taser-related injuries. I'm, I kind of struggle. I'm not quite as clear-cut as some of my colleagues are, JVS. I kind of struggle to get my head around the, uh, the, the, the taser. And uh, I, I don't... Hey, listen, I'm a traditionalist. I don't like the police being armed. That makes me uncomfortable, the police having guns, for goodness sakes. And I still... I still, when I'm at, uh, at, uh, at an airport or in parts of London and you see a copper with a gun or a machine gun... Still makes me very angry. Do, do you know what I mean, Catherine? Yeah, it's quite shocking to see it, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Uh, and maybe, um, well, maybe it's being normalised, and maybe younger people don't aren't quite as shocked as, as we are. But then again, I've worked here long enough to remember um, the killing of a police officer who just went to answer a routine yep. shout down in Luton Town Centre. John Henry yep, yep. responded, and this guy went wild with a knife. You know, if, maybe if he'd have had a taser, he'd been able to stop him. It's interesting. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Anthony's in Bletchley. Morning, Anthony. Morning. What do you want to say? I've just listened to, to the lady that was on then. I, I, I don't really uh, understand her point, to be honest with you. She's kind of saying about um, t- 
taser should only be used if somebody has a weapon and they have intention to use it. Well, that's the law. If you have have a weapon, you are tending to use it. You don't go out with a weapon thinking, oh, I'm just going to go out with this knife or this gun. If you're out with a weapon, you're intending to use it. So it's not a case of, are they choosing to use it or not? If they've got a weapon, then that's the intention, surely. Well, I I don't know if that necessarily is the case, Anthony. I I would suspect there are plenty of people who go out with weapons with no intention. When you say using, you mean of actually stabbing or shooting someone? Yeah, I, I, I would my, imagine. My I, I would imagine that most people go out um, without the intention of, of using those weapons. They're there to show off to their mates, or they're there to make them feel comfortable, or they're there to, you know, kind of act as a deterrent. Well, um, my feeling would be that, that having a weapon is the intent. What if you suspect they have a weapon? Oof. Oh, that, that's a thin line, isn't it? Well, yeah, but that decision has to be... I mean, there was that blind fellow, wasn't there, who got, uh, who got zapped and, and he had a, 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 a white cane. They thought it was a samurai sword. So someone has to make that call at some point. Do you need to, to suspect they've got a gun in their pocket? Or do they have to be waving the gun around? Or do they have to be pointing the gun at you? I, I don't know. I think that, that's up to the law to decide. But I, can't, I think my other point as well was I think I'd much rather... If, if that was me, and it never would be, but if that was me, I'd much rather a taser than a baton. I think a baton can do a, a lot more damage, potentially, a taser, a taser stunning device, but a baton could be could be lethal. I don't. I wouldn't fancy either. To be Anthony, thank you very much indeed. Uh, it's a tough one, isn't it? Uh, my view isn't as clear-cut as, as uh, a lot of other people's views. I'm not completely convinced by the taser. Uh, and then the baton isn't a particularly nice way of dealing with someone, is it? You've, you've seen footage of, of some coppers getting, holding some fella down with, a, you know, using batons. It's pretty unpleasant. Hey, they've got a rubbish job to do most of the time. Uh, so who, who am I to judge? But I'd like to hear your thoughts. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel with Chris. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Still got severe delays on the M25 anti-clockwise for nine miles now as far back as Junction 28 for the Brook Street roundabout. Travel time is well over an hour. Two lanes are closed for recovery work after a fuel spillage and an accident involving two lorries between Junction 26 for Waltham Abbey and 25 for Enfield. It's not helped by the roadworks in the area. Also slow on the M25 anti-clockwise between 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. Queues at the moment on the north circular westbound between Edmonton and New Southgate and now the traffic lights there have broken at the junction for Bounds Green Road. That's adding to the late the uh, delays. Also busy further round at Henley's Corner. On public transport, possible disruption on First Capital Connect and Southern services through Tulse Hill as a car has hit a bridge. Trains are currently at a standstill. I'm Chris Golds, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Chris. 7.16. It's Tuesday the 22nd of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A police watchdog is warning against the overuse of tasers as new figures reveal the weapon's use has gone up by 300% in the last four years. Police in Milton Keynes are appealing for witnesses after a 43-year-old woman was sexually assaulted off an underpass in Monksway. And fast food outlets in Milton Keynes could be forced to sell salad on the side in a bid to combat obesity. Is that really going to work? If you go to a greasy spoon, you're going there for bacon and beans. Not because you want a bit of coleslaw. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every 
weekday morning. My show's called The JVS Show, 9 o'clock in the morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. Jonathan Vernon-Smith. I deal with the consumer problems that affect people all over beds, hearts and bucks. And I said, well, I didn't come all this way to be looking at a broken down hotel. Those companies, those councils, those organisations that are letting people down. This guy turned around and said to me that they're not prepared to pay me and I said, so you're forcing me to take action. And he said, good luck and put the phone down on me. I get my teeth into them. Oh, Jonathan, I'll start crying soon. We don't know what to do. Deal with them and hopefully get results for you, the consumers. And it got so convoluted, I thought there's only one person who sort this out. The JVS Show on BBC Three Counties Radio. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. BBC. So, quick recap of what we're talking about. We will be talking in a little bit uh, about... Uh, um, uh, is it an MP or a councillor that wants to have salads? MP. An like... actual member of parliament. <laughs> no, he's, no, he's not. He's the councillor. Well, you said an MP. Well. So, is it... Wh- it was... It, yeah, I was mistaken. But you... But I was you just cr- copying what you were saying. I said, is it a uh, councillor or an MP? You said councillor. it's a, You said it. You said, amongst other things this morning... <laughs> <laughs> and we're not, I've just had an email, we're not even allowed to refer to that anymore. And boy, oh boy, I think there's are, gonna be a... are you being called into a meeting later on? And I'm not making light of that, but it just shows you... It was an easy mistake to make. No, it wasn't. It's a very hard, it, it was a hard mistake to make. You embarrassed... Anyway, we're not allowed to talk about it. I'm not even allowed to go there. So if you just tuned in, you, nothing happened. Well, it did, but that's between um, uh, Catherine, her boss and her God uh, to discuss. I asked if it was an MP or a councillor. You said it was an MP. Right. Counselor. And then within, within, within moments, you corrected yourself. OK, that's allowed, isn't it? Well, I guess it is, but we are the BBC. We expect... Ben, this story, was it from an MP or a councillor? It was from a councillor. That's kind of what I'm after. Good hey, work, listen, Ben. Baby, Thank you, mate. Listen, Gold I've been, star. I've been up at half past three in the morning for about a year now. Um, that's going to happen. That kind of stuff's going to happen. Yeah, that's going to happen. We're going to get facts wrong. At least I worked out... Can you stop that? I can't. can't breathe properly. <laughs> Got it. OK, right, back. At least I caught myself. Yeah, OK. Well, it was was that the excuse? Yes. Uh, was that the excuse when Newsnight ditched the Jimmy Savile story? Oh, I've been up early for a year. Really, guys? Come on. We're I the BBC. Think, I don't think that's comparable. Anyway. I know. It's a fact. It's facts. Do you want the facts on this one? Yes, I do. Nigel Long is a councillor. And what what he say? He is the leader of the Labour group in Milton Keynes. Okay, so he's not a member of Parliament. No, he's not. But he could be. I okay. like... Can we... Here's something, right? Just go off on a tangent. And no-one will call in about this. I don't bother calling in anymore. They're too busy having a good time laughing. They're lulling at the show. Your favourite... Uh, your favourite hidden letters in words? The I in Parliament. The N in Government. Oh, that's a great one, Ben. Your favourite hidden letter in a word. I like the K in any, like, knowledge. And yeah, I love that. And, like and I'm a sucker for the B in Lamb. Yeah, yeah. I like the B in Lamb. Yeah. That's a good one. That! Sounds like you got a cold. Why? Because I like the B in Lamb. No, we say Lab. Right. G-H. G-H and through or anything. Yeah. Or, yeah, I like that. All right, this is a great phone-in, all right? We'll do this. Your favourite hidden letters in words? <laughs> I think that's borderline genius. Anyway, the story is that uh, a councillor has suggested that Milton Keynes is one of the fattest places in the world, yeah. and so to make it slimmer, you've got to sell salads okay. at Greasy Spoons and cafes. Yeah. 
which to me is nuts. Now, I was saying to you this morning, Ben, you're a, you're a young man, you're slim, you're in your mid-20s. Yeah. That will change. I was thinner than you when I was in my Luton, mid-20s. Sorry? Yeah. What? Josh in Luton, have a word, line one. What? Well, I'm talking to Ben now. Well, Josh is really interesting. Josh? No yep. offense. Hello, jo- Josh, I was talking to Ben. This better be good. Oh, I apologise, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, go on, fella, what you got? I just think that the woman I was on air earlier, um, it, it's her, it, I don't mean to be rude to her, but it's her wimpy state of mind that has got us into the problem we're in now, where criminals aren't afraid of the police, because the police are having all these rules and things chucked on them, like, oh, you can't use a taser, blah, blah, blah. And it, it's because of that, no one's really scared of the police, well, really, are You're they? referring to Sophie Khan, who's uh, a solicitor advocate specialising in taser-related injuries. The thing is, the police are allowed to use tasers. The, the, the numbers have increased by 300% in the last four years. Yeah, I, I don't see a problem with it. I, I believe that if that police officer thinks that he is in danger, then or he or she, sorry, then he or she should be allowed to use a taser. Whether or not it's in reasonable force, if they believe they're going out there onto the streets putting themselves in danger, it should be a decision that they should make on a personal basis, not rules and guidelines. Oh, you have to, you have to tick this box, you have to tick that box. It should be if you feel you're in danger and that criminal's got no right to say whether you can use a taser or not on him, he's broken the law, so it's a policeman's decision. Uh, uh, the overwhelming number of occasions, jo- uh, Josh, where the taser has been used is against mental health or self-harm cases. Is yeah, that appropriate? Because, because um, the, the woman, um, she says, oh, but they can use handcuffs, they can use restraints. That involves a police officer having to go into a volatile situation, put themselves in even more danger, when you can stand 10, 15 feet away and just shoot them with a little electric gun. It'll stun them, put them on the floor, and you can... It, have... it's, it's quite painful. Should we, be, should we be shooting people with an electric gun who are mentally ill? Yeah, I, I believe so. Sorry? It, <laughs> I, I, mean, I know it's, it's not their decision what they're doing and things like that, but I, if, if they've broken the law or if they're posing a danger to other people... It's a lot easier to do that than try and restrain them. They get out and potentially it, cause a lot more damage. It is a lot easier to do that, but should we always be looking for the easy option, particularly when it comes to cases of people who aren't very well? No, no. They, I'm, I'm fully up for them having trying to have a little chat, but sometimes... Well, you can't always chat with people who are self-harming. Should we zap someone who's self-harming? Because well, that happens. Yeah, I wouldn't, I would, my general opinion is that if they're self-harming then if, if they go off the scales a little bit and start coming out of the police officer, then it's the police officer's decision. If he feels, or he or she feels like they're in danger, you know, they, should, they should be able to do what they, they feel should necessary. Inf- they should inflict themselves. quite a lot of pain, cause the person to wet themselves, sometimes more, um, uh, uh, and uh, uh, upset them and terrify them. Uh, d- for what purpose? To protect themselves. They're, they're out there trying to protect everyone else. So the least they could do is protect themselves in the process. Josh, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Josh in Luton there, who thinks that uh, we should be zapping mentally ill people. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to uh, give us a call. Uh, Cards on the table. I don't think we should be zapping mentally ill people. What about mentally ill people with knives? Oh, we should zap them. Just checking. Mm. No, (laughs) I'm being flippant. It's a tough one. Of course it's a tough one. Listen, if someone is running at you with a knife or if someone is pointing a gun at your head, then do you know what? Yeah, Yeah. probably you should give them a zap. I have um, police officer friends who said that suicidal people are among the most dangerous. So people who are um, out for hurting themselves are the most desperate and dangerous people. Because they've got nothing to lose anymore. Imagine how how much pain you would have to be in to be suicidal. Mm-hmm. 
People say people always say that suicide is a coward's option. I don't I don't buy that at all. It's selfish. It's the ultimate selfish act. I don't think it's a coward's option because you must be in such a bad place to but be able to do that. What I'm saying to you is, for a police officer to go into that situation is extremely dangerous. Yes. Yes. So. Should they be protecting themselves? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the uh, telephone number. Uh, Paul Scoynes has uh, emailed in. He's playing the favourite uh, hidden letter in a word game. He's uh, said the uh, A in paediatrician. Oh, nice, yes. Yeah, nice. N- nice, that one. Paediatrician. Marco in St Albans oh, no, has sent us a couple of texts on this one. Oh, yeah, go on. Of course there is. This is a fun thing. The second G in egg. Oh, man, that's a great hidden letter. We need... Go on. He also enjoys the T in mortgage. Oh, man, this is great. OK, I've got it. This is what we're going to do. We're going to make a secret alphabet. Alphabet? Alphabet. We're going to make a secret belt out of the alphabet. It's going to be called an alphabet. And what we're going to do is we're going to get all the secret hidden letters and put them in, a, uh, in an alphabet and wear it. So Forget the belt bit. That's actually not going to work. But we'll make a secret alphabet. Yeah, guys? Kath? Uh, this is as good as celebrity handkerchiefs. Th- yeah, OK. okay. 08459 455 555. We're talking about tasers. We're talking about salads. We're talking about secret letters in words. Brilliant. And you're so pleased with yourself. I am pleased with myself because it's stuff... When I do stuff like this, it makes me think I, that I could potentially be the new Giles Brandreth. Or Richard still goes... I'll knit you a nice jumper. Thank you very much. Don't put, don't um, do it like you did with that trifle and leave stones in there for me to break my teeth on. Oh, it was yeah. nice though, wasn't it? Apart from the, um, apart from the pain, stones. pleasure and pain, it was nice. Apart from that, it was uh, nice. Oh, Tony Fisher's taking part now. The H in rheumatoid. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's a good There's one. There's a lot of hidden's in uh, rheumatoid. Uh, not that many. Yeah, R H E. Well, the R isn't hidden. Yeah, but the H, the first one. We just said the H, yeah. And then the E U. Yeah, I'll give you that. Isn't there another H after the M? No, mate. Yeah, there is. No, there's not, mate. There's not. Pat? Hello, Ian. How do you spell rheumatoid? Um, R-H. And that's as far as I can go. Okay, no, fair play. We've got the R-H. If anybody else can give us the next two letters of rheumatoid, 08459 Ignore my nonsense, Pat. You've called in about tasers. I have, yeah. I mean, the reason this solicitor wants um, guidelines more clearly set... It's because she can pick at the wording when someone comes running to her because they've been tasered and earn a lot of money out of it. It's got nothing to do with the fact that it's, you know, infringing someone's human rights, etc. Leave the police to police our country. That's what we should be doing. Uh, we should trust hi- them. OK, we should trust them. Yeah. Hillsborough, Stephen Lawrence, um, Plebgate... Do you want me to carry on? Oh, did they use tasers on all those people? No, 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 but, you, but it's an issue of trust. It's an issue of trust. No, they didn't use tasers, but they lied. And they covered up their mistakes. So you say we should trust them, Pat, but there are three, I'm sure I could think of many more examples, three massive examples where we've learnt we can't necessarily trust them and we should question the police. Well, yeah, there's a selection process there if you're getting some people going into those positions of trust that are not suitable for the job, I mean... But if they're, if they're in there and they're not suitable for the job, then that, that, that proves that we, we can't trust them and, and we need to, to question them. And if we can't trust them when it comes to words and the truth, can we necessarily trust them when it comes to them zapping people with 50,000 volts? Well, there's a sort of, well, I think you can. I mean, if the criminal's uh, playing up and he's going to injure 
the police officer that's in attendance, then that police officer's got to be trusted to do what they feel is best to do. I don't quite buy your blind trust of the police, Pat. Giving those three examples I've just given off the top of my head, and of course there are loads more. Well, do that, you never question the police? Well, yeah, I do question. You know I question the police, even when I come on your programme. But the thing is, if you say we never, never should trust the police, then we've got to take the guns away from them. We've got to take the tasers away from them now because of what happened at Hillsborough and everywhere else. Is that what you're saying? I don't feel very comfortable with the police having guns, to be honest. In actual fact, Ian, listen to you, you don't trust police. <laughs> I, I question the police, yeah, I like to question the police. I, my, my trust in them has certainly been damaged by, um, you know, so, well, the lies that they've told. In, so, I've got a lot of respect for the police, Pat. I think they do a cracking job for the most part. But when they get it wrong, boy, oh boy, don't they get it wrong. Well, they, they do if they're, I mean, if they're going up against um, people that are, are, are leading them, let's say the police officers on the ground are being led by people that are getting into positions like superintendents because they come out of a university. They were led when it came to Hillsborough, was it? Sorry? Were they? They were, led, they were being led when it came to Hillsborough, to lying about that, covering that up, were they? Well, someone had to be lying, didn't they, in Hillsborough? It had to be someone senior. But but for the seniors to do it, I've got to end in a second. So we're late for the yeah, travel, but I'm I'm enjoying this. But yeah. but 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 the the the, the, um, the lower down officers, the officers on the ground, had to be compliant in that lie. Well, some may have been. Yeah. Well, they had to be, otherwise I mean, it would have come I, I out. I wasn't there. I mean, that's the saddest thing that ever you know happened. With a lot of other sad things that we see happening in the world, yeah. you know, uh, it's something that happens. But some stage, we've got to have a police force we can trust. And judging by what you're saying, Ian. You don't trust the police. Pat, I don't trust them 100%, no. I like to question them. As I said, I think the police, for, for the most part, do a brilliant job. But when they get it wrong, man alive, don't they get it wrong? 08459 455 555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Severe delays on the M25 anti-clockwise for 13 miles now, beyond uh, Junction 28 for the Brook Street roundabout. Travel time is well over two hours. Just one lane is open, two are closed to recovery work after a fuel spillage and an accident involving two lorries between Junction 26 for Waltham Abbey and 25 for Enfield, not helped by the roadworks in the area. People are also slowing down to look at the accident on the other side of the motorway, clockwise from Junction 25 for Enfield. Also slow anti-clockwise on the M25 between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. On the A1 in Mill Hill, that's slow between Watford Way and southbound between the Apex Corner and Mill Hill Circus. And on public transport, delays of up to 30 minutes on First Capital Connect between Luton and Sutton due to a vehicle hitting a road bridge at Tulse Hill. Trains are now on the move again. I'm Chris Golds, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. The headlines, the number of times tasers have been used by police forces in England and Wales has gone up by 300% in the last four years. The figures have been released in a report out today by the Independent Police Complaints Commission, which is warning against the weapon's overuse. EU foreign ministers will discuss the possibility of tougher sanctions against Russia when they meet in Brussels later today. David Cameron called for further action yesterday in response to the Malaysia Airlines plane crash. And a councillor in Milton Keynes says all fast food outlets in the new city should be forced to sell healthy food. Labour councillor Nigel Long says offering a healthy alternative should be a requirement of their licence in a bid to combat obesity. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Former England captain Brian Robson believes there's no standout candidate who can lead the national side following Stephen Gerrard's international retirement. However, Robson did say that Manchester United forward Wayne Rooney has many of the attributes required for the role. He's got the experience behind him uh, and he has been a captain for United and for England. You know, so he knows what it's all about. Um, and so I think at this moment of time, Wayne has proved that he's probably our best player. England's cricketers will be without wicketkeeper Matt Pryor for the remainder of the Test Series against India because of injury problems. Former England international Phil Tufnell believes there's only one suitable replacement for Pryor. Butler, for me, the most exciting um, young wicketkeeper batsman or batsman wicketkeeper I've seen for, for for a long time. Got to be work, working on his keeping for sure, but they've got all the guys there. They've got Moores, French, Farbrace there to work on his keeping. I think get him in. Cyclist Sir Bradley Wiggins says he's chosen to concentrate on the team pursuit event at the Commonwealth Games as he builds towards the 2016 Rio Olympics. Wiggins announced yesterday that he would only be riding on the track rather than also competing in the road race. Pre-season friendlies continue this evening. Milton Keynes Dons are away to Dagenham and Redbridge. Stevenage go to Tunbridge Angels and Wickham are away to Chesham. Those are your headlines. Next full bulletin at 8. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Busy show this morning. Coming up, we'll be finding out why uh, Milton Keynes cafes are being told they have to start selling salads. Uh, We're also looking for your favourite invisible secret letters in words. I like the B in lamb. Uh, And tasers as well. Uh, we've got some text. Jason in Milton Keynes says, the woman talking about tasers, that's Sophie Kahn, uh, she would rather see the police use the baton versus the taser. That sounds a bit stupid to me, that you would rather have a police officer hitting you around the head, legs and arms with a baton with long-lasting injuries possible, or would you rather be tasered over and done with within minutes but don't remember? Don't do the crime, you'll not give the police officer the chance. And Pat says, why is it that we have red tape restrictions for our police to abide by, but when it comes to taser or in general use, whatever, in protecting us, we should trust the police to get on with their job. And if there are those who choose to break the law, simple, zap them. Let the public have a view in their use and not some solicitor who will earn a living protecting criminals that complain about weapon. I am for its use full stop. And then there's actually a full stop. Thank you. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Does it make a difference that the the, the 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 quite often a significant number of uses of the taser are on mentally ill people? Steve, hello, good morning. Good morning. What do you reckon about that? That the, the, the taser is often used on mentally ill people. Well, it's a bit of a hard one, I suppose. Because how, how are you going to know that they're mentally ill until you've actually arrested them and taken them down the station? Well, sometimes uh, some of these people, I would imagine, display symptoms of illness. Yeah. I mean, if it's life-threatening to, well, to anyone, even a police police officer or anyone, obviously something's got to be done to take them down. But obviously if you can do it without doing the taser, I mean, it seems the police were a bit too hot-handed on on dishing it it out a bit too quick. The same with guns when they're shooting people. They're not giving the sort of ample enough chance to sort of sort it out. And, and they're sort of trigger happy or something. But we need, we need. Oh, what are you doing? <laughs> I said it, I might swear. It's the people's poet Stephen Luton is back to his socialist pinko ways. Listen, we've, I had, we've, had, we've had some people, Steve, saying that, 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 that tasering is an easy option, and that's kind of my fear that it is too easy an yeah, option. They, they, yeah, it's, it's, it's too. I mean, I've watched some of them programs on the telly, and you know they, they, they seem to panic. I mean, I, I don't think 
I don't know, the, the police have changed a lot. It's run by the politicians and it's run by targets. I mean, like I said to the other person, if you got stopped for speed and instead of checking your tyres and trying to give you six points for this, if they said, look, you're a donut, don't do it again, or, you know what I mean? You get caught again, we're going to give you six points. You'd be like, all right, fair enough, I won't do it again. I'm, gl- just I'm glad, you, cha- I'm glad what you changed what you said to Catherine because she told me exactly what you said, so I'm glad yeah, you used well, slightly yeah, well, better yeah. language. But do you, Steve, do we, we, had, uh, we had Pat on earlier on. Who, he trusts the police. Do you trust the police? No, nah, I, I wouldn't trust them anymore. They'll trust the criminals. Really? Not, they're not, it's just they're all, they're all on targets. They lie, they cheat. It's been proven. I mean, generally, some of them are there to do a good job, and they do a good job, but there's obviously some, and, and it's, all, it's all a bit messy, to be honest. Steve, thank you very much. I've got, I, to, to, let's be honest, shall we? Uh, for the most part, I think the police are brilliant. Most of my dealings with the police have been excellent. There have been a few, I can think of one specific example, where I told a detective to naff off. Oh. I told her to naff off. She wasn't taking the fact that I was getting emails from someone saying they were going to shoot me and shoot my kids... Seriously, get all these emails. I'm going to shoot you. I'm going to find out where you live. I I know where you live and I'm going to shoot your kids. Okay, that's quite terrifying. Got loads of those. Uh, And she kind of looked into it and went, oh, they're emails. We can't trace them. I said, yeah, you can. I've got I've got a mate that could die. We can't we can't trace emails. And I said, what? So what's your advice? She said, well, give us a call if you spot anything suspicious. And I said, I said, by suspicious, do you mean what? If, If I'm like walking down the street and someone pulls a gun out? She said, yeah, give us a call then. And I said, why don't you just go and naff off? I didn't say naff. You're not taking this seriously. And you, I got very, very angry. It was, there's something liberating about swearing at a police officer. I'm not encouraging it. But for the most part, the most part, that was a, that was a, a, a one-off. For the most part, the police I've dealt with have been excellent. Excellent. And we, I, you've kind of got to believe that most of them are excellent and are doing it for the right reasons, haven't you? I think so. But when they get it wrong... They get it really, really wrong. You know, with the Hillsborough and Stephen Lawrence and Plebgate and, you know, all kinds of other stories where they have lied or there have been cover-ups. Or, and, again, it's a minority of police officers. But those things mean... I think it's quite healthy to question the police. Don't you think in a lot of workplaces, if someone makes a mistake and there is a team dynamic, yep. there is a tendency towards perhaps covering things up rather than confessing to Oh, them. we are constantly covering up Kelly's mistakes here. Well, exactly. Oh... Uh, yeah, there is. But the repercussions but, but, are more serious. In for the, them. In the, well, exactly. In the workplace here, we're dealing with radio. Let's, let's be honest; is not very important. Uh, you know, in another work, in, in a bank, you're dealing with money, which in the great schemes is not that important. In the police, you're dealing with people's lives and uh, their liberty, yeah. which is actually quite important. Yeah. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Let's ask the simple question, shall we? Do you trust the police? We're talking about tasers and their increased use. Do you trust the police? Let's go back to basics on that one, shall we? Now, Greasy Spoons in Milton Keynes may soon have to serve salad alongside their fry-ups if one councillor has his way. Labour leader Nigel Long uh, from Milton Keynes is also the chair of the Health and Wellbeing Ward. He's suggesting forcing cafes to offer healthy options as well as a fry-up on Little Windy Pops. Justin Deeney's been speaking to truckers this morning. Justin? Ian? What what have they been saying? Well, I spoke to truckers yesterday as well and uh, they were laughing at me. Uh, One in four people in Milton Keynes, they are so overweight they are classed as obese i've been talking to truckers again this morning in milson Keynes. here's what they had to say well here's rick rick this is a serious question would you ever swap a fry up for a salad no i wouldn't no way <laughs> tell us no, why well salad for breakfast for chop that for a fry up yeah. fry up's proper breakfast isn't it yeah. i mean the idea is to try and make greasy spoons slightly healthier but, but you're, you're laughing at that idea, aren't you? Fry them in a bit less oil then, eh? Still got to be fried. It's 
proper breakfast. You can't. Have you ever seen a trucker eat a salad in a greasy spoon at any point in your life? Um, I'll go back about 30 odd years and maybe once or twice. There, Steve, you love a greasy spoon. When you go into a greasy spoon, what do you eat, sir? It's just uh, fried breakfast. Yeah? Yeah. It's fried breakfast, sausage, egg, beans. You're saying that with a little grin on your face. Now, yeah. would you ever swap that for a salad? I would not, no. No, I'm not a salad person. You can tell by the shape of me. What do you think, though, about ideas to, to make greasy spoons healthier? Nigel Long, the councillor who's talking to us this morning, has he got a point here? Should we be doing more to try and make these places a little bit healthier? Yeah, probably. Probably, because I'm, uh, you know, a bit obese sort of thing, so probably a salad would be better for you. But, uh... but if it's on the board, though, tell me if I'm wrong here, you wouldn't order that anyway, would you? You'd still go for a fry-up. I would, yeah, yeah, I would. Well, I'm joined now by Nigel Long. Nigel, it's not going to work, is it? Good morning. I think I think it's a bigger issue. I think it's about everybody eating better food because Milton Keynes has got a huge problem about people being overweight and that's leading to all sorts of serious health issues like diabetes, which is on the growth. Oh, of course, but, but encouraging about... greasy spoons to, to, to sell salads, that's not going to work, is it? I think that what we're talking about is all-out food outlets. We need to offer a range of choice choices in those outlets. So people can choose to have their, their fry up and I think that's probably a good idea for breakfast but they could also choose to have other forms of food that are, if you like, less fatty, less likely to add to uh, obesity or growing weight. I think it's about choice and about changing how we eat. But, it, but, if, but if people want choice, if people mm. want to eat healthy they will go to Tesco's and buy a salad or they'll go somewhere healthier. Instead of saying that all cafes have to, to have salads, which probably won't get picked up, why not just limit the number of cafes and, and favour healthier outlets? I, th- I think what we're trying to do is offer people the choice and I think cafes and other food outlets are part of a whole range of places people get food from but it's a much bigger issue than that it's an issue about people not um being aware of what's available it's an issue about people not being able to afford if you like healthier food so there's a whole range of issues here but what we do know is unless we get on top of this this food issue the number of people who are overweight is going to continue to grow the number of people who end up dependent on the health service is going to grow the number of people with diabetes is going to grow it's a really big issue for the city and for a young city it's such a shame that we, we've, we've got this problem but oh I agree it's a problem and it's a problem that's going to, that's going to grow and, it's, and of course it's incredibly expensive to, to the health services but once, once someone has gone to a burger van or once someone has gone to prisoners the local cafe or you know once someone has gone through there you've lost that battle because they're not going to go and say oh can I get, can I get a mozzarella salad please they've gone there because they want a bacon butty well, actually, if you go to um, cafes on the um, high roads in Europe, most of those offer a range of foods. If you go to McDonald's now, you can actually get a range of food. Yeah, but no one buys no one buys the healthy food in McDonald's. We all go there for a squeaky Big Mac. Well, I think people actually do both. I mean, I certainly do both. And certainly when I'm travelling around, I, I eat healthy food as well as more traditional food. I think it's about that choice and also about changing our mindset a bit because this is a big challenge for the city. What do you? Uh, what other the, the things, other ideas have you got for this then, Nigel? I think what we need to do is we need to make sure that when kids are leaving school, they know how to actually cook a range of foods. I think actually cooking is something that everybody should do at school. I think within the schools themselves, I think school meals need to be a healthy range of, of, of choices. I think we need to get people's head round 
the need for more exercise so you have good eating alongside healthy exercise. But of course the other big issue is that there's a whole chunk of people in the city whose income is too low and that restricts their ability to buy better quality food. So we need to adjust low income in the city and that's why things like living wage are so important. Nigel, thank you very much for your time. I'm sure we're going to get lots of calls on this. That's uh, Nigel uh, Young, uh, Labour leader uh, and councillor Milton Keynes. Well, uh, what do you think? It, I don't think it's going to work in Greasy Spoons, and it's one little, tiny little element of it, but it don't work. I mean, once I, you've set foot in the calf, you, you know what you want. I told you this place where I used to, near where I used to live in North London, you ordered, ordered the vegetarian fry-up, and they would put salad and coleslaw on the side of the plate, and it was wrong. You didn't want it. I go to a Greasy Spoon because I want chips, and I want... Be- oh, chips from a Greasy Spoon. Ooh. I want sausage. I want fr- a fried slice. I want a hash brown. That's what I'm there for. Really? I don't think it would work. But if you're hungry and you're walking towards the cafe and then you see something next to it that's offering something a bit fresher and they make it look appealing, you might change your mind before you go in, but I think once you've set foot through the door, they've lost. I'll tell you what the problem is. You can't have a salad sandwich. You can. It sends you to sleep. Oh, your lettuce is uh, mm-hmm. sopophoric? Yes. Sophomoric. Sopophoric. That. Sopho- sleepifying. You're not supposed to give lettuce to rabbits. No. It knocks them out. Brilliant. Great fun. I mean, I don't do it, but it's funny. I don't. You can imagine. It's like giving cowpaw to the kids. I do both at the same time. You've got a sleepover. Everyone's happy. I wait for five. I don't do it. I don't drug my children. I do drug the rabbit. I don't do that either. That's a joke. I drug the children. I drug the wife. I drug everybody. I don't drug anybody. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. Let's get the travel with Chris. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Still got severe delays on the M25 anti-clockwise for 13 miles from beyond Junction 28 for the Brook Street roundabout. Travel time is well over two hours. Just one lane is open, two are closed for recovery work after a fuel spillage and an accident involving two lorries between Junction 26 for Waltham Abbey and 25 for Enfield. It's not helped by the roadworks already in the area. People are also slowing down to look at the accident on the other side of the motorway, so it's slow clockwise from Junction 25 for Enfield. Also slow anti-clockwise on the M25 between 17 for Maple Cross and 16. 16 for the M40. On the A1 in Mill Hill, that's slow between Watford Way, southbound between Apex Corner and Mill Hill Circus. And on public transport, delays of up to 30 minutes on First Capital Connect between Luton and Sutton due to a car hitting a bridge at Tulse Hill. Trains are now on the move again, but there are likely to be some knock-on delays. I'm Chris Golds, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Chris Golds. 7.47, it's Tuesday the 22nd of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A police watchdog is warning against the overuse of tasers as new figures reveal the weapon's use has gone up by 300% in the last four years. Police in Milton Keynes are appealing for witnesses after a 43-year-old woman was sexually assaulted off an underpass in Monk's Way. And fast food outlets in Milton Keynes could be forced to sell salad on the side in a bid to combat obesity. Your thoughts on all of those stories, as well as your favourite invisible silent letters in words. I know what fun. 08459 455 555. Here's the weather with Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Good morning. It's another bright start for many this morning. We're just starting to see the cloud begin to be nibbled back by the sunshine. It's melting away gradually. We're starting to see the sun in parts of Watford at the moment. High Wycombe. Still rather cloudy though out towards Luton and further west. But it's not going to stay cloudy all day. We'll get some decent spells of sunshine now. And the temperature will gradually start to rise. We're looking at a maximum later on today of around 25 Celsius. A really nice end to the day as well. This evening, some sunshine before it sets and then some clear spells at first. May get a bit of cloud overnight, similar to last night, really. Minimum down to 13 Celsius. That's the rural spots. That's the very coldest it will be. The towns and cities are likely to be that little bit warmer, so again, quite a muggy night. Tomorrow morning, similar start to the one we're having right now. May get a bit of cloud around, but eventually sunshine, and it will feel warmer. The maximum tomorrow, 27 Celsius. And that's your forecast. Nick Coffer, across beds, hearts and bucks. I'm at Bletchley Park today for a very, very important special occasion. For me, being out of the studio is about putting faces to names and bringing to life all that's brilliant about beds, hearts and bucks. If you know the high street here and you've never seen what goes on behind you, you really should because it's like a whole new world. Nick Coffer. I think for my listeners, they get a chance to hear about places they may never have visited. In fact, they may never have heard of. And also, they hear the stories from the people that bring those places to life. That is one of the mysteries of Abbott's Langley Fire Brigade. Nick Coffer, across beds, hearts and bucks, on BBC Three Counties Radio. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. Sarah's on the line. Good morning, Sarah. Morning, Ian. What would you like to say? Um, I think you need to leave the police alone a little bit. Um, I live with my one of my sons is a police officer. Until you live with a police officer, you do not realise the depth of work that they actually do. And the sort of they, they go whole days without getting a break. They go from one to the other. One minute they can be holding somebody's hand because they're bereaved. Somebody's been found dead. The next minute they can be looking for a missing child, and it's a whole range. But I think it's, I would like you to to look at all occupations. You know, we've had doctors who've been struck off because they've lied. Yeah, and they're, and they're bad as well. Sarah, Sarah, I don't need to live with a police officer to have the right to question their integrity. Of course I don't. Sorry? I don't have to, live, don't... I don't have to live with a police officer to earn the right to question their integrity. No. Oh, well, no, but what I'm saying to you is you... Uh, the very last thing you said um, before I phoned in was um, there aren't many jobs. The police have got your liberty at stake. You alluded to your safety. Well, what about the journalist, as a journalist yourself? What about the journalist yesterday? I'm not, a, I'm not a... Sarah, I'm not a journalist. You're not... Well, that's interesting, because I did read about that on uh, when I Googled you yesterday, and it said that you'll never be a decent journalist, so that's interesting you say you're not. No, I'm um, not, well, I'm not, I'm not a journalist. I'm not, I'm not a member of a journalist union. I don't go and do... Rep- I'm not a journalist in the slightest. You don't have to be a member. So what are you? You're just a DJ, but you don't play records. No, well, no, I'm not a DJ either, Sarah. I'm a broadcaster. So- I used to be a comedian. I used to be a comedian. I haven't been a comedian for, I would say, about eight years. I'm a broadcaster. I'm not a journalist. So what's your point? And part of part of the part of what you're doing is also a bit of journalism because you are investigating. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Uh, We have journalists, Sarah. Then I wonder what we pay you for in the BBC. Sarah, no. Pontificate and tell us what you think is right. No, Sarah, you've got a chip on your shoulder, and I'm hoping you're going to listen to what I I'm saying. Got a chip. I'm hoping you're going to oh listen. Oh my! I'm hoping. What you mean is because somebody disagrees with you, 
You can't have that, can you? No, no, no. Sarah, Ian's always right. I just thought Sarah, I'd phone and tell you Sarah, that journalists also she's gonna hang have... Up. She's going to hang up. She's no, going to be I'm a not, hit Ian, and run. Well, then listen. No, then continue. Sarah. Go on. Then, then, then listen, Sarah, because you've obviously not heard what I was saying earlier uh, and you're not hearing what I'm saying now. We have some excellent journalists here at BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, they go and investigate the stories. I read what... I hear what they tell me. I read it. And you know what I do? I question it because I'm allowed to question it. I question the integrity of the police because there have been so many examples when they have betrayed our trust. And uh, not just in, in, you know, you could say Plebgate was a, was a minor thing, although actually the, the ramifications of the police lying to try and target someone is actually quite big. But there have been huge examples. Hillsborough and Stephen Lawrence are the two that spring to mind where the police have lied. Now, you may also have missed me saying, I think the majority of police do an excellent job. I don't know if you heard that bit. I did hear that. Well, then, then there you go. Then I'm allowed to question them and I'm allowed to put forward my opinion. What's your opinion? Sorry, I thought you invited people on to give their opinion. That's why I've just asked I've you just what your opinion to... is. And when I give my opinion, you tell me I've got a chip on my shoulder. I've just asked you so... what your opinion is, Sarah. What's your opinion? Oh, sorry, so you don't want me to answer your question. I've got to... Oh, OK, this is a really... Str- I thought the BBC was for the people, not just for Ian Lee, but there you go. So what's my opinion? My opinion is... Oh, dear. Yes, they do some major... What I'm saying is every occupation has people who will lie. They will cover We're talking up. specifically about the police. We're not talking about journalists. Not We're not talking about doctors. We're talking specifically about the police. So what's you your opinion? My opinion is that you can't look at them in isolation. Well, you I have to. They're the police, Sarah. They're the, they are the no, police. Why do you have to compare them? Because that is how you can make a good judgment. If you've ever studied... I don't, need, you... I don't need to compare Hillsborough to a doctor or to a journalist to know that that was really, really bad. You don't have to compare them all the time. But that's how you could give good evidence. I'm trying to evidence what I'm saying by comparing and contrasting it to other occupations. And that is what... Um, that's called evidence-based talking, but you don't want me to give the evidence well, no, it's why called, I don't it's think it's called, the police are in isolation. Where's the evidence about the, 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 whether we trust the police or not? What's that got to do with journalists or doctors? I don't see the I'm connection. Saying I trust, I'm saying I trust them as much as I trust a lot of occupations. OK, as so that's opinion. As much as I trust when so, I go to my... Not my yeah, it it's is It's opinion, opinion, not evidence. It's opinion, not evidence, yeah. And I'm evidencing it against other occupations, such as... You're opinionising it. a journalist. It is my opinion, but that's what you phone Wait. me to phone in and give you. Sarah, now calm... Now you're saying it can't be. Sarah, calm down, calm down. We can't... Ian, I listen to you every morning, and I am so... I suggest... I su- go to five lives. So, I, do you know what? Sarah... Like, shall we all do that? Well, I can't do that, because I'm working here, but I would, I would really no, like you to... No, Christmas... I would before Christmas, you told us to go to heart. Go, so Sarah, go I where did. you want, love. Sarah, go where you want. I honestly don't mind. Go If you want to go to Five Live, Nikki Campbell does an excellent job. She gone? She's gone. Deary me. Nikki Campbell does an excellent job. Ah, oh, dearie me. Now, residents in Bedford are concerned that the police aren't responding quickly enough when travellers pitch up illegally. Local MP Richard Fuller took their concerns to Bedfordshire Chief Constable Colette Paul. And uh, Richard Fuller, Conservative MP for Bedford and Kempston, joins me now. Uh, morning, Richard. Uh, it's a story that we, we kind of keep popping back to every now and then. What's happened? 
Good morning, Ian. I was really enjoying Sarah giving you a bit of stick. I was enjoying it as well. It's a good bit of sport first thing in the morning. Good bit of radio. Yeah, I mean, you know, people who follow the law every day get very, very upset where they see people breaking the law. And obviously they want the police and the council to take firm and effective action. And that's particularly the case when you get illegal encampments like we've had in Bedford, and particularly when there are repeat illegal encampments in the same part of town as has happened for residents in Thor Drive and Asgard Drive over the last few months. It, it is a big problem, isn't it? We keep on, on this story every now and then. It keeps popping up again. It does, and it you know, picks up at this time of year, around the summer months, particularly in Bedfordshire. And that's why last year, because of such a repetitive problem, uh, Eric Pickles, uh, the Secretary for Local Government, looked at giving councils preemptive injunction powers so that they could define certain areas and say before any illegal encampment happened, that councils were entitled to move people on so the police could respond more effectively. And one of the questions residents raised with me was, has Bedford Borough Council taken up all those powers and is it ready uh, to protect them when other people break the law? So you've met with Colette Paul already, is that right, Richard? Yeah, we had a discussion and we had a very good discussion and particularly I wanted to raise with her, because I told her I was talking to residents, what their views had been about the response of the police. And, I, you know, I explained to her some things... It's, it's what might appear like little things, but incredibly distressing, particularly for families with young children, where they see people uh, urinating or going to the toilet in the hedges right outside their house. They don't want that to happen. There was concerns that on the Monday when the police came around very quickly, that the, uh, the police had not invoked the strongest powers that they could at that time. And they wanted to make sure the police were right on their game. And, and the chief constable very kindly said she thought it was a serious issue and she thought it was a county-wide issue. And that's why I'm hoping she will bring together all the members of Parliament for Bedfordshire so we can all understand the powers using effectively by the councils and the police. So has Colette Paul promised to, to make any changes to, to the way they deal with this situation? Well, the powers are there. The, uh, the government provided local authorities with these powers, including these preemptive powers, preemptive injunctions in certain areas. Now, what I don't know, and I think other MPs want to know, is to what extent the councils across Bedfordshire are using those powers, and if they're not using those powers, whether they intend to use those powers. Because that will help local residents, and it will also help the police. Well, I'm trying to think of, and I can't remember off the top of my head, Richard, we spoke to a, a, a local council recently who managed to get rid of travellers in a day. They, they kind of yeah. popped up and then the next day they were gone because they, they managed to uh, use certain powers. Yeah, these are these preemptive powers okay, that, right. are, uh, that councils, but they have to go ahead of time to get an injunction. Right, OK. And the, and the, and the local authorities have to say, these are the areas that we think are particularly at risk, so let's find a way of protecting them. And as I said, the people in Asgard Drive, it wasn't the Thor Drive, this wasn't the first time there'd been an encampment on that uh, piece of ground. It was the second one in a few months. So naturally that's an area where they're keen to see the council move effectively. So just like your other example, mm. they can see actions taken within a day. Richard, are you confident this situation w will improve? Well, I'm hopeful. I mean, obviously it's up to local authorities, it's up to the Bedford Borough Council and Central Bedfordshire to do that. But I think the MPs need to be informed so that they can make sure the powers are being used effectively. Richard, uh, let's keep our fingers crossed. Uh, it's a story that we cover far too often on this uh, station and uh, maybe we'll speak about it again soon. Richard Fuller, Conservative MP for Bedford and Kempston. Let's get the travel with Chris. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Still major problems on the M25 anti-clockwise between Junction 26 for Waltham Abbey and 25 for Enfield. Just one lane open, two closed for recovery work after an accident involving two lorries and a fuel spillage, causing severe 16-mile queues all the way back to Junction 29 for Romford. People also slowing down to look at the accident on the other side of the motorway clockwise from Junction 25 for Enfield to slow there. Also slow anti-clockwise on the M25 between 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. On public transport, normal service is now resumed on First Capital Connect services. I'm Chris Golds, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Chris. I didn't give you much time. Apologies. So, do you trust the police? I'm not saying it as a statement. I'm, I'm asking a question. Very simple. Yes or no? Give us a call. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Eight o'clock, I'm Tony Fisher. The headlines, concerns over the increase in use of tasers, Hearts Road crash victim named and calls for healthier food in fast food outlets in Milton Keynes. BBC Three Counties Radio. The Independent Police Complaints Commission's warning against over-reliance on tasers after finding its use has gone up by 300% in the last four years. According to forces across England and Wales, the weapon was activated 3,000 times in 2009. By 2013, that figure had climbed to more than 10,000. Sophie Kahn is a solicitor advocate specialising in taser-related injuries. I'm concerned about tasers generally and also who it's being used on. For example, children, the elderly, people with mental health issues, because half of the use is on people with mental health issues. Rebels in eastern Ukraine have handed over the two black boxes from flight MH17 to Malaysian experts. The UK is expected to call for tougher sanctions against Russia at an EU meeting today. A police watchdog has found that the Bedfordshire force has reduced police numbers to a level that puts effective policing at risk. It's also one of only three forces in the country which needs to improve. More from a Carol Abercrombie. The report by HM Inspectorate of Constabulary says that Bedfordshire faces some significant policing challenges and that improvement is needed to make sure the service remains effective. It did acknowledge that it has plans in place to restore its police strength to safe levels. Elsewhere in the three counties, the HMIC says both Hertfordshire and Thames Valley are making good progress in meeting their financial challenges. A Hertfordshire man who was one of three people who died in a crash on the A1 in Nottinghamshire on Sunday night has been named. 58-year-old Roderick Franks from St Albans was a passenger in a Vauxhall Vauxhall Astra. A councillor in Milton Keynes says all fast food outlets in the new city should be forced to sell healthy food. Labour councillor Nigel Long says offering a healthy alternative should be a requirement of their licence in a bid to combat obesity. He says it's about giving people a choice. We need to offer a range of choice choices in those outlets. So people can choose to have their, their fry up and I think that's probably a good idea for breakfast but they could also choose to have other forms of food that are, if you like, less fatty, less likely to add to uh, obesity or growing weight. Kensington Palace has released two new pictures of Prince George to mark his first birthday. The images show him with his parents enjoying an outdoor butterfly exhibition at the Natural History Museum in London. In sport, former England captain Brian Robson believes Manchester United striker Wayne Rooney is the most suitable candidate to succeed Stephen Gerrard. Despite saying there's no obvious choice, Robson feels that Rooney has enough experience for the role.
FA Chairman Greg Dyke is set to be asked by MPs today if he would support the Crown Prosecution Service bringing a case against football's world-governing body FIFA following several allegations of corruption during the bidding process for the 2018 and 2022 World Cups. Weather, mist fog soon clearing, conditions becoming brighter. It'll be a dry day, top temperature 25 degrees Celsius, 77 degrees Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It has really good people with a great community spirit. And all this week we're featuring Stotfold and Henlow. I love living here because I've always lived here. It's all about where you live. You've got countryside just across the way, but all the facilities you need, you don't need to leave the village. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. If you got a tummy ache this morning, rub it better, rub it better. Ah, that's better. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Now we've woken up, haven't we? Now we've woken up. When a caller phones up and tells me they're switching to Nicky Campbell, that gets my juices going. Yes, go and listen to the bland, the insipid, the tedious. That man was once covered by a torrent of spittle. Wouldn't happen to me. Wouldn't happen to me. Lots to talk about this morning. Why the police have gone taser-tastic. Why you could be getting a salad on your fry-up. And your favourite secret hidden letters in words. I like the B in lamb. 08-459-455-555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. We're also asking... We'll talk about the, the, the taser figures in a bit. They've gone up quite a lot. Uh, and there are kind of two little avenues there. Does that concern you? Are you worried about the number of, of, of uh, taser uh, uses? I don't think we've had any calls so far from people who are concerned about it. Most people are saying, yeah, go on, let them zap whoever they want. 08459 455 555. But then that brings us to the question of trust. Do you trust the police? And I don't trust the police implicitly. There are conditions around my trust. Most of my dealings with the police have been excellent. There have been a couple where they've been awful. That pales into insignificance when you think of Plebgate, Stephen Lawrence... Uh, Hillsborough, the number of black people that have died in custody, those things mean that we are well within our rights to question the police service. Of course we are. Of course we are. We have to. If we hadn't have questioned the police service, then Hillsborough would never have been exposed. People wouldn't have gone to prison for Stephen Lawrence's murder. These things w- wouldn't, have, wouldn't have happened. Or they, they would have happened, but we wouldn't have found answers. So, of course, we have to question them. And the, the caller, who's, I'm, I'm sure, is still listening. I'm sure she's not quite tuned to, uh, to Nikki Campbell yet. You don't have to live with a police officer to earn the right to question them. And comparing them to um, doctors and journalists, and there are stories about dodgy journalists in the papers, and we always hear about dodgy doctors every now and then. Well, th- those people should be doing well in their jo- Those people should be honest and full of integrity as well, but we don't need to compare the two. There's no, there's no comparison needs to be drawn, I don't think. Yes, yes journalists should, should be full of integrity, of course. Do- doctors should be, but, but so should police. And I don't think you need to compare, the th- compare them... To, to, to question them. 
Catherine's doing her, I agree with you, chum face. Well, look... I, I just think it's it's sad that it got so personal because you're both kind of making the same point, which is everyone's human and you can't trust everybody all the time. There you go, you see. Look at you, you're like um, Kofi Annan. In more ways than one. He gets paid more than You've got the same hair. 08459 555. We'll talk about tasers in a second. Peter Nayridge, stay there, I'll be with you in a moment. James is in Milton Keynes. Good morning, James. Good morning, Ian. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right, thank you. So we're going to have salads on our fry-ups. What do you reckon? Um, I, I just wanted to touch on what that MP said about... Councillor! Councillor, teaching kids to uh, cook more in school. Yeah. My daughter does uh, cooking in school, and they've taught her how to make a wrap, how to microwave food, <laughs> how to not quite finish baking, and also how to bake a pizza bread and pre-made, pre- uh, pre-made like um, baguette that you just cut and put cheese and tomato on. How old, so, is, how old is your daughter? Eleven, soon to be twelve. Oh, okay. Well, so old enough to actually get ingredients in a bowl, mix them up, and put them in the oven. She's learned more at home. Her, um, her, her bake that she did, they couldn't finish because the teacher ran out of time. Brought it home, and she had to finish it off at home. So they're sending them home with food that isn't even cooked. So here's the thing. Right. Here's the thing, James. Is it really the school's responsibility to teach them cooking beyond the basics? Because my little boys, they're at home. They're often, you know, they're four and two, so they're they're putting toppings on pizzas. They're mixing up cake mix and making making. Cakes. Is it the school's responsibility or the family's, do you think? I think it is the family's. It's as part of life skills, isn't it? How to, how to kind of make food for yourself. But if you're taking a like home economics course or a cookery yeah, class yeah. in school, you don't need to learn how to make a wrap or butter some bread, do you? <laughs> James, I'll let you go because the line's not great. No, you don't need to learn how to butter some bread in home economics. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Now, the Police Complaints Commission uh, is warning against the overuse of tasers as new figures suggest the equipment's use has gone up by 300% in the last four years. Back in 2009, the equipment was activated 3,000 times across England and Wales. By 2013, that figure had climbed to more than 10,000. Well, Justin Dealey has been speaking to people in Bedfordshire this morning. Well, Peter, first of all, talk to me about taser guns and your thoughts on, on the use of taser guns in this country. Uh, um, taser guns, I don't think the police, uh, I think they take liberties with them. I think they use too often now. OK, interesting stuff. And what about your your trust in the police? Ian's talking about that this morning. Do you fully trust the police force? Um, I'd like to think I do. Uh, I'd say I do on the whole, but um, you do hear one or two disturbing things. <clears throat> so you me. personally, you've always had good dealings with the police? Personally, yes. Yeah. Dave, let's talk about taser guns first of all. What's your thoughts on taser guns? Should be banned. Why? Because they're uh, immoral, wrong. If police were doing the job properly, they wouldn't need to use them. OK. Ian's been asking the question this morning. Do you trust the police personally? Do you trust them? No. Tell us why you don't trust the police. Um, again, they're immoral. They do things sneakily, hiding behind hedges, catching people speeding. They could spend the time better. So has it got to that point now where you might not even report a crime because your trust in the police has gone? I wouldn't report it because all you do is get a phone call and they give you a number. Has it always been like this for you or has it got particularly bad in, say, the last ten years or so? It's got bad... Immigration-wise, that has a lot to do with it. You see Romanians, people like that, bumming around, stealing bikes out of gardens. They're not interested for police. I'm asking a question. In the last ten years, has your opinion got worse, though? Yes. 
Justin, thank you. Joined by Peter Nayrud, former Chief Constable of Thames Valley Police. Morning, Peter. Thanks for waiting. Yeah, good morning. Uh, I guess as more officers are trained to use tasers, it stands to reasons, the reason that its use will increase. Yes, I mean, and the, what the IPCC is reporting was something that uh, they could have reported five years ago because it was, it's simply the, uh, the the fact that more officers have been uh, issued and, and trained and the, that rollout has taken uh, three or four years. So the number, the number rise is... Is simply in proportion to the number of uh, the number of officers and the availability on the street. What are your view of tasers, Peter? Uh, well, I think the most powerful thing uh, that I can say about tasers is when I uh, since since the time that I was responsible for introducing them nearly a decade ago, we've seen a consistent drop in the number of uh, fatal shootings by the police. Um, what I can't demonstrate is whether they've reduced the number of. Uh, serious injuries in, uh, comp- in you know in, in, when when police are trying to deal with serious violence. But the, but you know last year we had the first time uh, since records began where the police in the UK didn't fire a fatal shot, and and it's that type of event that we were trying to prevent over a decade ago, um, and that seems to me to be a very important result. What's the criteria for using them, Peter? What are, what are the restrictions? Essentially, you've got to perceive there's a, a, a severe risk of violence. Uh, that, that's, the, that's the essence of the training to the officers. And indeed, what the training that's given is, is 90% around judgment and only a very small amount, uh, amount around the, the, the discharge of the weapon. Because the concern is to make sure that officers exercise their judgment correctly. And then they also have to report every time uh, the weapon is used. It's not a taser gun, incidentally. It's quite a, it's quite a different mm. uh, device. It's, it's still classed as a firearm, isn't it? Yeah, it's, but it's a it's a specific type of firearm, it's a Section Five prohibited weapon. Okay. But the, but that, that in a sense, it is it is very distinctly different from uh, from from a uh, from a gun from a gun because a gun is designed to do one thing, and that's and that's to cause to cause a fatal injury. Uh, are they always used in conjunction with body cameras? They increasingly are, and I think that's the really big development. I mean, the answer to, to your, your sceptical person, goodness knows where you found the other guy, but the, <laughs> the answer to the sceptical... Come on, we all know you're hiding behind bushes all the time, yeah, Peter. Yeah, I used to do that throughout my entire career. But the answer to the, to the scepticism and the trust issue, I think, is increasingly going to be that all officers are going to be wearing... Uh, the, you know the small body cameras, many of which actually now supplied by Taser, because they recognise the uh, the risk to the reputation of the of, of the device that, uh, that about make, and making sure it's properly used. Uh, it, it's, it's significantly a significant number of usage on uh, people with mental illness. Is that appropriate? No, but no, it, it should, if, if at all possible, it should be avoided. But don't if you've got somebody who's uh, Who's got a, men- a mental health problem? Who's clutching a knife? I, mm. I, I, I don't think I don't think it makes a lot of difference uh, whether they're mentally ill or not. You're still going to have a, have a problem of a potentially uh, significant level of violence, and you're still you're still going to need to try and prevent that happening. Not just for the officer or the citizen at, uh, at threat, but also for the individual with the, with the knife. Uh, and finally, the, the the use of the taser um, uh, with people in custody that that seems a little inappropriate, doesn't it? Yeah, I would have said that would have had, would have to be a very severe exception I, I i mean you've got you shouldn't be using that type of use of force inside a custody suite unless there are very very unusual sets of circumstances peter i appreciate your time this morning thanks very much for putting forward your point of view peter nayrud former chief constable of thames valley police well you've heard his side you may have heard sophie khan earlier on 08459 455 555 I had an interesting tweet ian Every time you said the word travellers this morning, replace it with Jews and tell me if you're still comfortable with it. 
Thank you very much, Rogue Leader. 08459 455 555. Dennis, we'll come to you in a bit. Let's get the travel now. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Still major problems on the M25 anti-clockwise between Junction 26 for Waltham Abbey and 25 for Enfield. Just one lane open and two closed for recovery work after an accident involving two lorries and a fuel spillage. It's causing severe 16-mile queues all the way back to Junction 29 for Romford. Travel time is over two and a half hours. It's because of a large fuel spill which is being treated, but they are hoping to have another lane open as soon as possible. It's causing lots of problems in the area on the M11, on the A12 and the A127, also the A406. People were also slowing down to look at the accident on the other side of the uh, of the M25 so it's slow clockwise from Junction 25 for Enfield. Also slow anti-clockwise on the M25 between 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40 and finally slow on the M1 southbound between Junction 11 for Dunstable Road and Junction 9 for Redbourne. I'm Chris Golds, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. It's 8.16 it's Tuesday the 22nd of July these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Independent Police Complaints Commission is warning against over-reliance on tasers after finding its use has gone up by 300% in the last four years. A Hertfordshire man who was one of three people who died in a crash on the A1 in Nottinghamshire on Sunday night has been named as 58-year-old Roderick Franks from St Albans. And a police watchdog has found that the Bedfordshire force reduced police numbers to a level that puts effective policing at risk. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, I'm not normally one to talk about myself, but on Friday night, I might make an exception. And the station, I think, when I launched it, I knew that it was going to sound pretty good. Well, I'm allowed this time. I'm celebrating 50 years of broadcasting. Caroline South, Tony Blackburn here with you. Tune to Radio Caroline on 199. Wonderful Miguel. The happy sound of Radio 1. Join me and relive some of my 50 years. It's not just me waffling on about me. I'll have some great music too. He's a 24-7 broadcaster, and he will go on forever. 50 years of me, Friday night from 7, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Number one. Who? Uh, (laughs) Jonathan and I, I think, are about to fall out. We've come close to it before. I think we're genuinely about to fall out. As it turns out, you're... Well, I think the word fascist is uh, is appropriate. How dare you? I think it's appropriate in this circumstance. How dare you? We're talking about tasers. Are you doing tasers this morning? Yes, of course. Okay, of course. And uh, you're saying, well, I think if people give cheek to the police, they should be tasered. Well, I think it's very clear, and I was li- I've been listening to you this morning, and I think it's very clear that you and I are at completely opposite ends of the taser argument. You think I let Sophie Khan off lightly? I do. Her silly views. I've told that woman before her stupid views. I know she have. Goodness knows why she keeps coming on this radio. She must have thought she got away with it lightly this morning when I, I interviewed her. I, I, do, I am concerned about the use of tasers. Uh, I, I think uh, often the police are disrespectful to members of the public. And I think that they... The police they, are? Yeah, I think what about so. the abuse the police have to That's, tolerate from oinks? They, they shouldn't have that either. But you're saying whenever the police have spoken to you, they've always been very polite. Very polite, I suggest yeah. you're a white, middle-aged person who is very, very well-spoken. I think those things, particularly the last thing, I think that makes a significant difference. I've had the police be nice to me, I've had the police be rude to me. For no reason other than they're wearing a suit and they're bored. Well, I, I, you can only speak from your own personal experience. Correct. The police have never been rude to me. The police have been forceful with me. 
Um, but ultimately, they're the police and they deserve some respect. And frankly, well, look, let me tell you what I'm asking first before I get on my soapbox, because honestly, I could go on about this all day. Yeah, I know but you're... if I had my way, yes. anyone giving the police cheek, give them the authority to zap them. And the thing is, you're not joking. This isn't a, this this isn't isn't a joke. This no. is real. I d- I'll tell you what I love. When I go abroad, I, I love the fact that when you go abroad... The police are intimidating. Oh, dear. I like the fact that because they've got a gun on them, yeah. they look intimidated. That's how the police should be. No. People should be a little bit afraid of the police. Oh, That's the, the reality. That's how you keep law and order. Mm. In this country, particularly young people, oh, are dear. so rude to the police, and it is unacceptable. And I think any little thing that makes the police that little bit more intimidating to the yeah. public is a good thing. And if that involves a yellow taser in a holster, good. Oh, dear. Coming up from nine this morning, I'm going to be asking, are you happy or concerned that the police are using their tasers more? Uh, The equipment was activated just over 3,000 times in 2009. In 2013, that number went up to just over 10,000. They were introduced 11 years ago as a non-lethal alternative for firearms officers facing potentially dangerous suspects. There have been high-profile instances of alleged abuse but the rate of complaints remains low. Yes. I was very interested as well when you were talking to Sophie Khan earlier. Yes. And uh, you were talking about children. I mean, sometimes children need to be tasered. No, they don't. You don't. You're not supposed to hit children. You don't taser a 10-year-old child. So if you've got a 12-year-old running through the mall in Luton with a knife... Yeah. And that 12-year-old running through the mall with a knife poses a threat to all those innocent shoppers. Are you saying that he shouldn't be tasered if it's going to bring him down in a peaceful way so that they can get control of the situation? Is that what happened to the te- is that what the 10-year-old was doing? There have been instances of young kids who have who have been dangerous. That's why they're not going to taser a child unless it's necessary, are you, they? Well, th- this is it. This is it. This is why we need to question them and hold them to account to find out exactly what is going on in these instances. Has anybody ever died in this country as a direct result of being tasered? I don't know. No. Okay. But that doesn't mean it's right that we're still tasered. Hey, no one's died. Phew, that's okay. Let's double the taser usage. Look, if you're not doing anything wrong, then you're not going to get tasered. Incorrect. If you're Inco- running... No, no. Let me address that point. You know that's incorrect. Oh, I'm a poor old blind man with my white stick. He's got a samurai sword. Taser him! You can ha- he was doing nothing. You can, you can have a mistake being made on a rare exception. You taser a blind man? That's well, acceptable, is there, it? There may have no. been more to that case, actually, but um, oh. the reality is, if you're a police officer, you're going out on a, on a daily basis yep. having to contend with the low life in society, the low life who are dangerous, the low life who don't think in the way that you think, yeah. in the way that I think, in the way that most nice, normal people listening to this programme think, they are scum. And the fact is, when the police are having to deal with them, they need some level of protection for themselves yeah. and for the rest of of the public. And let's also not forget that the police also have to deal with an awful lot of people out there who are mentally ill and who are posing a threat to themselves and to society because of their mental illness. The taser has been invaluable. Do you know what? You're right. On that point, you're right. People who have got mental illness, we should zap them with as many volts as we can to teach them a lesson, shouldn't we?
We if should do that. It, it, are you aware that many people who have been tasered, they are people who were on the verge of killing themselves, and that was why they were tasered, as a way of removing the weapon that they were going to use to end their life? I don't think we should taser people because they want to kill themselves. Well, so you just stand there and let them, let them kill themselves? I, well, th- this is a whole other ethical debate. The short answer, yes. Really? Yeah. You'd, you'd rather, as a police officer, when you're supposed to be protecting members of the public and you've got a vulnerable person who has got a knife and they're going to slit their wrists with it in a car park somewhere, you would rather them just do that than taser them, get the knife off them and then take them to hospital. There is a long answer that explores lots of different possibilities. The very short answer is yes. Really? Yeah. Oh, we really do disagree. Coming up from nine this morning, are you happy or concerned that the police are using their tasers more? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. I might phone him up this way. You know he's going to be a good one. I'm thinking, do you know what? What am I doing for the next day? I might give him a quick call. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Now, Bedfordshire Police have re- uh, reduced officer numbers to a level that puts effective policing at risk. That's according to a report by the HM Inspectorate of Constabulary, which concludes the force faces some significant challenges and that improvement is needed. Well, Ollie Martins is the Police and Crime Commissioner for Bedfordshire. Uh, morning, Ollie. What's going on? Morning, Ian. Uh, well, this is the uh, the difficult process of uh, reducing uh, police budgets and uh, therefore having to reduce police numbers. Um, and uh, it's the um, it's the effect that you see. Um, it's it's you can't because you can't make police officers redundant. You have to wait for them to retire um, or leave the organisation. You can't control which officers are retiring or leaving. Um, so it's quite a difficult process to manage, and uh, that's that's why that's. I mean, to be honest, we spotted this. We realised uh, we were um, in a difficult situation about a year ago. Um, but it obviously takes time to identify the money that you need to recruit, to then recruit and to then train police officers. But by December, we will have uh, 58 newly trained officers deployed on the front line. Will those 58 and new officers, Ollie, will that put effective, will that stop effective policing being at risk? I think it will improve the service that Bedfordshire Police is able to provide. Will, to it, public, put effe- yes. will it stop it? So it will stop effective policing at, uh, at risk. So between now and December. Uh, effective policing is at risk and people just have to kind of put up with that? Uh, no, I mean, I think our officers are working very hard to deliver a service. We've made, uh, we've made some changes to the model to introduce fast response vehicles in those parts of the county uh, where that's appropriate and that, that is helping to improve the service in the meantime. Um, we've looked at. Um, we're also. Uh, we've looked at PCSO hours. We've changed their shifts to make them more visible. We're d- also doubling the size of the volunteer special constabulary. So there are a number of measures that we're ma- taking to improve the service to the public. Why um, did you? Why did you reduce policing to a level which effectively puts the public in danger? Uh, well, you're inviting me to criticise decisions that were taken by the previous police authority, um, and you know. So, I won't so, it's do not that, 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 so that wasn't that wasn't your decision then to reduce the numbers no, of I, officers to, to, that, that puts effective policing at risk well, and the public in danger. Look, to be to be clear, I inherited a decision to take our police strength down by 200, and that is still happening. 
um, all we're doing with the recruits is changing the way in which officers are deployed uh, and increasing the amount of officers that we have in frontline roles. Uh, and we're a, a small, you know, fairly challenged force um, but we've still managed to get uh, nine, 94, we're heading for having 94% of our police officers uh, deployed on frontline roles, which is 2% higher than the, the national average. So, uh, Thames Valley and Hertfordshire both got good reports saying they're making good progress. Why is Bedfordshire lagging behind? Well, I mean, that is a bit disappointing because, you know, I think we're doing quite a good job of responding to the challenge, but we do have this situation where because of the difficulties that you have in reducing uh, police strength when, you have to, when your budget means you have to reduce police strength, it has put us into a, into a position where the HMIC are concerned. But I think, you know, we are addressing that situation. We are doing this recruitment, um, and those recruits will be uh, on stream from December. And after that, we're going to take on another tranche uh, of uh, 30 officers. Um, and that's going to take us above establishment um, so, that, uh, so that we're not in this situation I'm just again. curious, you've been able to see for a while you know, where, this, where this was heading. The, the report says that, that uh, Bedfordshire Police have reduced officer numbers to a level that puts effective policing at risk. Uh, the public are effectively in danger. Why have you not stepped in sooner to try and turn this around? Well, our workforce survey that we did a year ago um, identified the issues we were facing with overstretch. So it was a year ago we started addressing this. But, you know, my role is a bit like an oil tanker. You can haul away at the wheel, it takes, but it still takes the time to uh, change direction. We had to, as I say, our establishment is still falling so, uh, and has still got to fall overall by 200 between 2010 uh, and 2015. We had to ensure that we could afford to recruit again. Once we'd identified the funds, we then had to carry out the recruitment. Now that we've recruited, we have to carry out the training. So it takes a mm. while before you can um, before you can address this. And sort finally, of Ollie, when you compare the experiences of victims with each individual force, Bedfordshire comes out as the fourth lowest in the country. Fourth lowest in the country, but victim satisfaction is moving in the right direction. And you'll mm. know that our it can't get much lower, can it? You'll know that our Chief Constable, Colette Paul, has said that she wants to be one of the top-performing uh, forces in the country, and we're having a real drive um, on victim satisfaction. Um, you know, even though our people are working really hard, um, and it's really tough for them. Yeah. Ollie, I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you very much for coming on the phone. Ollie Martins, Police and Crime Commissioner for Bedfordshire, 08459 455555. Someone has tweeted me, the P in Michelle Pfeiffer. The P in Michelle Pfeiffer. Mm. Secret, invisible, hidden letters in words. I don't think we've been pushing this enough. Can we just drop everything for the last half hour? Uh, no, no. Let's drop everything for the last half an hour. Forget tasers, forget salads, forget do you trust the police, forget all of that. Secret, invisible, hidden letters within words. Yeah? No. Oh. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Still major problems on the M25 anti-clockwise between Junction 26 for Waltham Abbey and 25 for Enfield. Just one lane open and uh, there's two closed recovery work after an accident involving two lorries and a fuel spillage. It's causing severe 16-mile queues all the way back to Junction 29 for Romford. Travel time is well over two and a half hours. It's because a large fuel spill is being treated, but they're hoping to have another lane open as soon as possible. It's causing lots of problems in the area on the M11, the A12, the A127 and the A406. People are also slowing down to look at the accident on the other side of the motorway clockwise. It's slow from Junction 25 for Enfield. Also slow anti-clockwise on the M25 uh, between 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. Slow southbound between Junction 11 uh, on uh, Dunstable Road and Junction 9 for Redbourne on the uh, uh, M1 and slow on the A1M southbound between Junction 8 for Stevenage North and Junction 7 for Stevenage South. I'm Chris Golds, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Just gone 8.30, the headlines. The number of times tasers have been used by police forces in England and Wales has gone up by 300% in the last four years. The figures have been released in a report out today by the Independent Police Complaints Commission, which is warning against the weapon's overuse. A Hertfordshire man who was one of three people who died in a crash on the A1 in Nottinghamshire on Sunday night has been named. 58-year-old Roderick Franks from St Albans was a passenger in a Vauxhall Astra. Residents in Bedford are concerned the police aren't responding quickly enough when travellers pitch up illegally. Local MP Richard Fuller has taken their concerns to the Bedfordshire Chief Constable, Colette Poole. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Former England captain Brian Robson believes there's no standout candidate who can lead the national side following Stephen Gerrard's international retirement. However, Robson did say that Manchester United forward Wayne Rooney has many of the attributes required for the role. He's got the experience behind him uh, and he has been a captain for United and for England. You know, so he knows what it's all about. Um, and so I think at this moment of time, Wayne has proved that he's probably our best player. England's cricketers will be without wicketkeeper Matt Pryor for the remainder of the Test Series against India because of injury problems. Former England international Phil Tufnell believes there's only one suitable replacement for Pryor. Butler, for me, the most exciting um, young wicketkeeper batsman or batsman wicketkeeper I've seen for, for, for a long time. Got to be work, working on his keeping for sure, but they've got all the guys there. Cricket, they've got Moores, French, Farbrace there to work on his keeping. I think get him in. Cyclist Sir Bradley Wiggins says he's chosen to concentrate on the team pursuit event at the Commonwealth Games as he builds towards the 2016 Rio Olympics. Wiggins announced yesterday that he would only be riding on the track rather than also competing in the road race. Pre-season friendlies continue this evening. Milton Keynes Dons are away to Dagenham and Redbridge. Stevenings go to Tunbridge Angels and Wickham are away to Chesham. Those are your headlines. Next full bulletin is at nine. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. You're up, I'm fine. <sighs> What's wrong? I just got leapt on by a maniac in the corridor. Yeah, you see, I bet you wish you'd had a taser. Oh, you'd be in trouble if I did. If uh, if that recycling bin had not been full to the top, I would have been in there. You didn't think about I, it. I looked. And that's the desperate lengths to which you'll sink. You tried to murder me today by putting uh, <laughs> cherries with seeds in, stones, rocks, whatever they may be called... Uh, into in a trifle and then feeding it to me. I think it's a fair assumption if you use a tin of cherries that someone will have s- 
taken the stones out, for heaven's sake. But that was exciting. I, I thought that added what? an element of danger. Trifle roulette. Listen, yeah. Listen, broken teeth aside, it was a delicious trifle. Oh, yeah, it was, it was, it was yeah. nice. But do you know that assume uh, makes an idiot of you? <laughs> Is that the same? No. Yeah, it's like something like that. Okay, so what are we talking about today? Remind me. Catherine, it's over to you. You're like Carol Smiley on Wheel of Fortune. Tasers. Taser use has gone up by 300% in the space of four years. Does that frighten you? 08459 Or is it just because they've got more tasers? Of course they're going to use them more. The other thing we're talking about is, oh, have you ever noticed the silent letter in your favourite word? The Which W in flitic. Local but not vocal, says Linda on Twitter. That's genius, isn't it? Of course it Thank is. Thank you, Linda. Lo- the, the W in Flitic, local but not vocal. She is good. We, listen, when Mike goes on holiday, or gets the elbow, she should come in and do all the jingles and stuff. Well, that's one jingle. She needs to come up with a few more. Fair play, Linda. You need to come up with a few more if you want that gig. And, Mike, you, you, your job is safe this week. <laughs> uh, and Susan says there's a secret hidden eye in Ian. Me. There is. Oh, back to you. Have you got any hidden letters in your name? No. Well, no. it depends. No. My gran never said Catherine. It was always Catherine. So didn't your, so, yeah, didn't your gran call you um, Kathleen? That's my great gran. Oh. <laughs> ben has got, she was very old. Ben's got no hidden letters. B- uh, mm. Ben. I spell it with a silent Q. I don't actually. But, fair play, fair yeah. play. Do you spell it with a silent one of those? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, 08459 455 555. We're also talking about uh, salads. Are you... You go to a Greasy Spoon, the councillor in Milton Keynes, where Milton Keynes is the fattest place in the world, apparently. <laughs> Not quite. But uh, we're getting there. Come on, guys, work harder. Uh, if you go, to, He wants Greasy Spoons to serve salads. As part of their licensing agreement, they have to offer a healthy option. Well, say that, the, the prisoners where we go to, they, I mean, they have... You get coleslaw. You get coleslaw. They have stuff in the jars in that glass display at the front that no one ever touches. Pickled egg, that's healthy, right? They had crab. Freshly caught. Freshly caught crab in Luton. Well, well, <laughs> saying that, you know, it's actually quite possible. Oh, wait, I know. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. And do you trust the police? I had a row with a lady earlier on. A row. She, she um, uh, wanted to make a point that, that, that wasn't quite, I think. Anyway, uh, 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 do, do you trust the police? She said you can't trust the police unless you live with one. Well, I, I, you can't, sorry, question the police unless you live with them. Well, I think we should be able to question the police uh, at all. I think we should be able to do that. Of course we should. They're working for us, and they have proved in the past that there is a significant amount of uh, untrustworthiness amongst their ranks. Now, most of my dealings with the police have been excellent. I think, they, for, the, I think for the most part, they do a brilliant job. I genuinely do. I'm not a police knocker. Huh? think for the most part they do a cracking job. I certainly wouldn't want to do it. But when they get it wrong, they really get it wrong. Stephen Lawrence, Plebgate, Hillsborough. Hmm? 08459 555. Dennis is in Dunstable. Morning, Dennis. Good morning. I'm losing the desire to live. What, what, what's your beef? <clears throat> well, first of all, I, when I woke up, you were whopping on about butterflies, you poor soul. Oh, I hate right, butterflies. Butterfly. God f- almighty. No, they are, they are um, the devil's work, Dennis, the no, butterfly. And then, and then, a little slip of the tongue by Catherine. Yeah. You've got a new word, like a little boy. Oh, mummy, I've found a rude word. She I'll said semen instead of Seymour. It was, it was funny. Yes, but I'm telling you, the top of semen that I knew, would have, you'd be counting your teeth now. 
And I was a very able seaman. Well, that's, I was a very able seaman because that's why I've got three sons. Oh, for However, sense. besides that, tasers. Yes. What I wanted to know was what happens with people who's got uh, heart conditions? You know, these things that are the, in, the, in their body, do they get damaged by this flashability? I don't know what, how much electricity goes into you, but when I was an apprentice and stupid, the chap who was training me said, oh, just stick a screwdriver in there and leave it out. Well, I got 400 volts and it felt as though somebody smacked me right in the middle that. of the back. Oh, I've had an electric shock from a plug before. It's, ama- it's amazing, isn't it? I got th- in Greece, where they don't really have any uh, health and safety, uh, I put a plug in. I made a mistake of touching one of the tongs as it went into the plug socket. I was thrown literally across the room. My wife could see my skeleton through my body and it was bright blue. And then when I let go of it, my hair and trousers were all singed and my face was blackened. Well, they said nobody's been killed with a taser, but I mean, what's the voltage? What effect would it have on somebody who's got a, a bad ticker? I just don't know. I mean, this is one of the things I'd like to know. Well, no one's died in this country. Well, perhaps if Frogman maps he's gone solid. He did not die. He's just solid. Dennis, thank you very much. Dave's in Sunday Park. Morning, Dave. Morning. What have you got for us? Well, um, I really enjoyed your conversation with Sarah earlier on. It was um, interesting, wasn't it? It, it was it was very entertaining. I think she was very unfair to you, however. Um, I think the problem being that um, she was very focused on individuals and not on institutions, whereas the police institution has very questionable decisions made within its ranks, whereas journalists and doctors... You get the bad egg every now and again, but the institution as a whole well, you, remains well, fairly you, trustworthy. You, you say that, Dave, but 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 you, you, institutions like the News of the World were toxic, weren't they? Yeah, I mean that's. Uh, I'd, I'd probably step a you know journalism as a whole okay. bracket rather than the bits in between because yeah, News of the World, The Sun, and you know stuff like that. Each one of those, you know, makes its own path as it goes along. It's not guided by by the choices of the um, the career, the uh, professions. So nobody goes into journalism to make up stories about, well, some people do, I suppose, you know, the conspiracy theorists. But, um, um, you know, most policemen are, are fair and decent people, but, you know, you get the wrong one in the wrong place and all of a sudden you've got plebgate. Yeah. Oh, I'm just, Dave, listen, thank you for that. I, I appreciate your input. Funny we're talking about journalists. I'm just reading while I'm talking to you. Yes. Uh, Colin Brazier. Yes. The Sky Reporter. Mm. Uh, and now I'd missed this story. He's at the, the crash site of uh, the MH17. And live on air, he starts rooting through oh. a child's suitcase. What an awful thing to do. And he picks out, he says he picked out um, uh, a bottle, water bottle, and some keys. He said at the time, I probably shouldn't be doing this. Yeah, and he's written a really interesting piece for The Guardian online about, uh, well, it's titled MH17, My Error of Judgment by Sky News reporter Mm. Colin Brazier on how he came to pick up crash victims' luggage live on air and immediately realised he'd crossed a line. Now, I quite like Colin Brazier. I don't know him. I kind of, he's one of those people... Through no other reason, he just seems like a nice bloke and I kind of quite trust him. The other thing is, I can't imagine how awful it must be to be there. I've been at um, accident sites and there is a certain atmosphere and you are... You have to kind of detach in a certain way, but at the same time, it's it's awful. Yeah. 
I can understand how he made the mistake. It's interesting to see that he's flagging that up and saying that it was a mistake. Uh, and it, also, this is so unlike any other situation that that uh, I can't think of any other example of of something like this when it's it's uh, it's a plane crash site where the, the suitcases and, and bodies are clearly visible, and also one that has been brought down. You know, a civilian plane that's been brought down in a war zone. Mm. So it's a completely unique experience. It's not like being uh, 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 in a war in a you know, in a, a war zone or a battle or something like that. It's a completely unique experience. Uh, and I'm just kind of skimming this. Um, it's just a really interesting piece. I would like to think that this is what happened. You're in that area. The troops, by all accounts, are treating the bodies like mess to be cleared up. So you've got all this going on. He looks down, sees this little piece of humanity lying in the... Um, in the debris mm. and he just wants to flag up the fact that these people were human and what they, you know and, and how awful it is to see a little child's belongings like that the fact that it was perceived as rifling through yeah he's mistake. also saying as well that it's a really he's, he's, he's describing it as a really surreal place yeah. in that there are um there are no police there there are you know some people dodge are picking bots. through it aren't they people are picking through it the the, the the ukraine situation could be no more different there are no police to unspool tape and cordon off sensitive areas there are roadblocks manned by sudden looking teenagers cradling ak-47s but no law and order it's a war zone and the men in charge carry guns and grudges and then he goes on the sights were shocking i could not pre- pre- comprehend what we were seeing bodies and body parts everywhere i phoned my wife it's a butcher's yard i said oh and i and he's had a lot of abuse on twitter and i just think that uh when someone is in a situation so alien and so horrific like that normal function doesn't normal brain function isn't necessarily there i do think that Kay burley quite often go you know she goes and talks to to victims a little bit too soon didn't she too soon didn't she once tell someone live on air that someone had died in an incident. I'm sure that happened. I'll find that. I'll research. I'm sure that happened. Uh, so I think there's something that... But I just think this, that, that Brazier, in this situation, how on earth... Do you, know, do you know what? If I found a dead body in an accident, it would, it would traumatise me. So to, to see 300 dead bodies, some of them, 80 of them kids, that's going to blow a circuit in your brain, and isn't it? And then you it? see this little pink suitcase and the belongings all lying And there. you're a dad. Yeah. It's going to blow a circuit in your brain. Anyway, I'm going to retweet that because it's a really interesting piece. And uh, I, I think as we're talking about the integrity of journalists, uh, it's well worth uh, having a little look at that. 08459 four double five five double five. Last 15 minutes of the show. Uh, tasers, are you concerned about the use of them? We've had one caller this morning who is concerned about the use and thinks that we should question the police. Are we, lo- uh, uh, I was going to say, are we lone voices? Uh, no, that still works. Uh, is that caller and myself lone voices? Concerned about the use of tasers, questioning the integrity of the police, and we do have to question them, don't we? Because if we don't, well, what kind of country is that where we blindly accept everything the police say and do to us? Of course, we have to question it. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel with Chris. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Still got this major problem on the M25 anti-clockwise. It's between Junction 26 for Waltham Abbey and 25 for Enfield. It's just got one lane open. Two are closed for recovery work after an accident involving two lorries and a fuel spillage. It's causing severe 16-mile queues now all the way back to Junction 29 for Romford. Travel time's well over two and a half hours. It's because of a large fuel spillage, which is their, which they're treating, uh, but they are hoping to have another lane open as soon as possible, causing lots of problems in the area on the M11, the A12, the A127 and the A406. And also, people are slowing down to look at the accident on the other side of the motorway, so it's slow clockwise uh, from Junction 25 for Enfield. Also slow anti-clockwise on the M25 between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. And it's slow on the A1M southbound between Junction 8 for Stevenage North and Junction 7 for Stevenage South. I'm Chris Golds, BBC Three Counties Radio. Chris, thank you very much. 8.46, it's Tuesday the 22nd of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Independent Police Complaints Commission is warning against over-reliance on tasers after finding its use has gone up by 300% in the last four years. A Hertfordshire man who was one of three people who died in a crash on the A1 in Nottinghamshire on Sunday night has been named as 58-year-old Roderick Franks from St Albans. And a police watchdog has found that the Bedfordshire force reduced police numbers to a level that puts effective policing at risk. Last 14 minutes of the show now is an excellent time to give me a call. 08459 455 555. Do you trust the police? Let's get the weather. Here's Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Some of us still have a bit of cloud around, particularly the further west you go, all parts of Aylesbury actually, but slowly this cloud is being melted away by the sun and we're starting to see it in Watford already. We've got some blue sky and sunshine. Eventually we'll all have it by the end of the afternoon. The temperature's reflecting that. Under the cloud it's hovering around 14 or 15 Celsius. Out of the cloud it's already at 17, 18. So the temperature's gradually climbing and by the end of the afternoon we're likely to see the max across all three counties around 25 Celsius. A nice end to the day, some evening sunshine, then overnight clear spells at first, but a similar night to the one we just had, the cloud will move in. It starts from the North Sea, but it pushes its way towards us through the course of the night. Minimum temperature 13 Celsius. So tomorrow morning, a similar start. Some of us will have some cloud. It will lift though and move out of the, or melt away and another warm day. Warmer than today in fact, with a maximum of 27 Celsius. That's 81 degrees in Fahrenheit. And that's your forecast. Every weekday morning from nine. Good morning, welcome to the JVS Show. Your local stories. Have you had to rebuild your life after being a victim of crime? Do you think it's inhumane to keep people in prison for life? Do you think that immigration needs to stop? Your local life. Why do 70% of this country feel immigration is wrong? We've actually got an open doors policy. I am just so angry listening to some of them people. What the government are doing, they start introducing American-type sentencing like 200 years in prison. The JVS Show. British people are not xenophobic. Weekday mornings from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. Right, last uh, few minutes of the show. Uh, Peter, Sarah, stay there. Let's go to Simon in Stockfold. Morning, Simon. Hello, hello there, Ian. Hello there, Simon. Ian, is it? It is. Is that Simon? Yeah, it is. Uh, Simple Simon from Stockfold. Lovely. Everything is uh, okay in love and war. What does that mean? Whatever happens, we have the enemy. Shoot them down. Be it plain, be it what it is, it's the enemy. Who? It's the enemy. Who's the enemy? You are. In what respect? 
in respect, and everything is fair in love and war. We, I, I'm assuming you're talking about the Malaysian airliner. I certainly am. Carrying 280, uh, 298 yes. civilians, 80 of them children. Yes. Uh, none of them, as far as I'm aware, Ukrainian or Russian. No, that's okay. Was shot down by Russian separatists. In, in, in Russian airspace. Over, well, Ukrainian airspace. Okay, then, whatever. Everything is, is uh, goes. Think of the last two wars. Well, there, there are rules to war, aren't there, Simon? There are rules. No, not, not at the moment, there ain't. Well, but you, you're referring to the last two wars. There was, of course, the Geneva Convention, which laid out rules. Well, that, that, that means rules. nothing. That means nothing. Well, then why did you mention the last war? Well, because an enemy is an enemy, be he any kind. Now, and England is involved in this how, uh, how is as a, well. How is a Dutch child an enemy of uh, the Russian separatists? They are part, the, the, uh, the part of... Um, of our world, they are not on the side of the of the uh, people. Do you know what the that argument? Side. That argument might have some. Well, it wouldn't have much credence, but it would have more credence if it wasn't an accident that this aeroplane was shot down. It didn't shoot it down deliberately. It, an, they it shot it down. It was in. Co- it, it was deliberate. No, it was. It was all routes. All, all signs seem to be indicating it was incompetence and an inability yes, to use absolutely. highly technical equipment. Absolutely. Incompetence. That, that means it was, it was uh, not deliberate. Well, uh, I, I think uh, when we do find out why that was brought down, then we will get the truth. Do you think we'll ever get the truth on yes. this? Yes. Really? Yes. And you think it's OK that some Russian separatists funded, or at least uh, supp- uh, tooled up from uh, Vladimir Putin... Correct. Uh, ...with equipment that they didn't really know how to use... Correct. You think it's okay that they shot down an aeroplane carrying 298 civilians, 80 of them children? On my first words, I said, all is fair in love and war. But even murdering kids? Yes, even that. Did, did the Germans murder? They didn't, they, 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 well, again, the Geneva Convention kind of, the, the, you, you can argue what happened in the death camps. I'm not yeah. saying that that makes that right, but... It uh, doesn't make it right. You're saying it Germany makes it right. Denied doing what they did. So what, we know we know the facts now. Okay. That they did it. We know the facts. We know the facts. Yeah. Why is has German atrocities? What are, what have German atrocities got to do? It's as I told it in the start. It's all is fair in love and war. Supposing like your wife or your son had been on that aeroplane, would you still be saying that? Do you think? But yes, I would. You'd be you'd be philosophic, going, "Ah, oh, well, all's fair in love and war." Yes, that's it. Yeah. Say, and do you ask, think that... ask, any, ask any German, ask any Nazi? Again, Simon, I, the, the, the Nazis—that was quite. That was about seventy years ago. Yes. I suggest you leave the, the, the Second World War. Get rid okay, of that resentment. Okay, okay. They was flying over Russian airspace, and they were people who shouldn't have been there. They should have been flying around the war space. What the? Uh, sorry. What are they doing? Flying? They were flying over? at thirty-three thousand feet. Yes. Which, which is, which is, uh, would, would, would again show these people if they had been able to use the equipment properly that this was a civilian plane. This was yeah. a passenger jet. Who, who's, who's back are you putting it on then? Whose back am I putting it on? Yeah, who, who's, who is it fault then? Well, the, the, the people that shot the plane down, the Russian separatists, they shouldn't have done it. They're at war. But not with, with not with, not with Malaysia and not with the Dutch. <laughs> Okay, you say what you like. I'm telling you. Simon, Simon, final question. Before you go, Simon, oh. The final question was going to be, did those passengers on that plane deserve to be shot down? 
That was the final question, and we'll, we'll never know the answer to that. But um, I'm really curious to know what he would have thought. I'm just going to be silent for a few seconds and let you digest what you just heard in that phone call. OK, be comfortable? Right, we'll carry on. Let's go to Peter in Wolverton. Morning, Peter. Good morning, Ian. Peace be with you, brother. Thank um, you. I- I'm taken aback. I think um, we all are a little bit. Yes, indeed, indeed. It's an unusual opinion. Um, very, very much so. Um, war is um, not very nice, but love is an uncontrollable emotion, which we all get involved in, and let's hope more people get involved in it. However, silent peas, pneumonia, <laughs> and uh, pneumatic, how about that? <laughs> Now, now, now. No, I'm just... I'm laughing because I'm recovering from the shock and it's just such a wonderful, wonderful quantum leap. This is why I love this show, Peter, is we can can just jump from one planet to another. And I appreciate you bringing humour out after what was quite a tense moment. Uh, Yet the silent pee and pneumonia and pneumatic, you've got to love a silent pee. You certainly have, yes, absolutely. And the older I I get, the harder it is to have a silent pee. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, Peter. Oh, well, no, I'm sure I can uh, guess. <laughs> yes, exactly. Peter, listen, thank you very much. I, I, I appreciate you bringing just that right shot of humour at just that right moment. Thank you. Sarah's in Long Crendon. Good morning, Sarah. Morning. Good morning, Ian. Sarah. What a, what a morning we're having, aren't we? Oh, aren't we, just? What would you like to say? What have you got? Um, I'm, I, I'm a, a, somebody who agrees with you. I, I get more and more concerned with the overuse of tasers. I'm concerned about the water cannons being being bought to use on protesters in London um, and I also agree with you with your conversation with Jonathan that if someone wants to commit suicide then you don't have to taser them because they're going to do it anyway. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't it, it, it's not, a, it, it's a really difficult thing to give a yes or no answer to and I could pontificate for hours on the ethics and the morals and, and the dilemma that will be faced in that situation but if I had to boil it down to one word the answer would be yes, go on. Yep, yep, uh, me too. Basically. Uh, but, but, but we've, had, we've, we've had very few voices this morning, Sarah, who uh, who are concerned about the usage of tasers. Lots of people saying, well, listen, if you're up to no good, then tough. Or if the police feel they're threatened, then tough. I, I think the problem that, that a lot of people have is, is that they're unable to put themselves into anybody else's position but their own. Um, and I, th- I think we've become a country of, of, of almost, well, what can you do? Well, I think sometimes you have to stand up and say, no, I'm sorry, I think it's wrong. And I'm standing up and saying, I'm sorry, I think it's wrong. Supposing, the, supposing the, 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 the police do think that their life is in danger, is it appropriate to taser someone then? I think if, if, the, if the police absolutely think their life is at danger, then better to taser somebody than to shoot somebody, as they would do in America. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, 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 yes. But I think on, on things like the, um, the, the discussion that you were having with, with, with Jonathan, this, you know, this ethereal person in, in, in the car park, etc., etc., um, nobody else's life was, was at risk rather, other than that one person. And if that's what they want to do, then it's their life. They, they can do what they wish. Can I ask you a question just going off on a tangent? Please yeah. don't think we rude. <laughs> you know when you say all fairs in love and war? I didn't. No, I know you didn't. But you know when people <laughs> say that? Yeah. How do you spell fair? Don't, don't look at the... Catherine's giving me such a dirty look. It's F-A-I-R-E. It says F-A-I-R, fair. I've, F-A- gone, I've gone for the F-A-R, and then it didn't look right, so I've gone for the F-A-Y-R-E. No, that's, that's um, 
like a country that's fair. Like, that's like Yoldi. gammon, isn't it? Fair, good fair. Yeah, that's a, that's a ye olde country fair. Okay. Type thing. So if I'm doing all fairs, I'm just tweeting. All's so- fair, not all fairs. Yeah, all fair. <laughs> what are you like? <laughs> I've just read all fairs in love and war. Now I've said it out loud. I mean, it's a really stupid, stupid thing to have said. <laughs> all's, okay, well, so all apostrophe S. Mm-hmm. Yep. F-A-Y-R-F-A-I-R. All's fair in... What is he, Sarah? What's he like? L-U-V... E. <laughs> L-O-V-E. Oh, for goodness sakes. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> like, oh, blimey. I need, to go, I need to speak to my eldest. Sarah, thank you very much indeed. You gave me the look of... You gave me the same look of disgust and shock as when you confused Philip Seymour Hoffman with... <laughs> Someone who works on a boat. I'm equally disgusted. <laughs> Did you miss that, Jonathan? Uh, yes, earlier on this morning. Well, there's an interesting story about the actor, Philip Seaman Hoffman. <laughs> I didn't do that noise. I did it with my face. That noise was in your head. I could hear it. <laughs> I could hear the bell clanging away in there. Thank you very much um, uh, for trying to kill me with a trifle this morning. You're welcome. It was delicious, wasn't it? What a way to go. What a way to go. Uh, thank you, Shaggy. OK, see you <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. He's on the phone. He's on the phone. Have we got Kelly back tomorrow? Yes. Thank goodness uh, for that. That's all. Uh, <laughs> that's all I can say. Right. I don't know if he, is he trying to rattle a call through. Is he taking calls for John? He's taking a call for a Jonathan show. Uh, he no, t- he's taking a query. Fancy query in our figures now at one minute to oh, nine. Because if but if you're taking calls for Jonathan's no. show, that is verboten. That. He, he don't Actually, get, um, we'll pass it on to Jonathan. Yeah, he, the, it, Jonathan yeah, can have that one. There we go. Fantastic. You can have the dodgy ones. But if his team ain't here, we ain't taking a call for him. We're working to rule. Right, that's it. That's your lot. Thank you, everyone who called in. Lots of good calls. Thank you, Shaggy. Thank you, uh, Catherine. Thank you, Justin. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Still major problems on the M25 anti-clockwise between Junction 26 for Waltham Abbey and 25 for Enfield. Just one lane open, two closed for recovery work after an accident involving two lorries and a fuel spillage, causing 16-mile queues all the way back to Junction 29 for Romford with a travel time of over two and a half hours. People also slowing down to look at the accident on the other side of the motorway, so it's slow clockwise from Junction 25 for Enfield. It's also slow on the A1M southbound between Junction 8 for Stevenage North and Junction 7 for Stevenage South. I'm Chris Golds, BBC Three Counties Ooh. Oh, Chris, well done. Thank you, thank you. Little stumble at the last hurdle. We're all entitled to a little stumble every now. For goodness sakes, the last three hours of this rubbish has been one huge stumble. Well, we lost one listener to Nicky Campbell. They'll be back. They'll be back. The insipid, the bland. It doesn't last for long. They'll come back here. JVS is up next. I'll be back tomorrow at six. Until then, from me, ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Tuesday. It's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in, are you happy or concerned that the police are using their tactics?